This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Brooks. You can feel confident wearing Brooks knowing they're running specialists with over 100 years experience in the footwear game. They test running insights and biomechanics with runners of every size, strength and experience to develop premium running products so you can run further, faster and happier. Episode number 211 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you. We've got uh, Tom DeCano joining us shortly to talk about his experiences as the winner of both the Melbourne Full Marathon and the Melbourne Half Marathon. We've got a few of the usual segments, listener questions, moose on the loose, all those kind of things. And um, yeah, maybe a bit of an interview at the very end from Road to Nowhere last week. Welcome to my co-host up in Canberra, Bradley Croker. Welcome to you. Thanks, Brady. How you going? I'm going good, thanks, Brad. Yourself? Uh, yeah, all right. Weather's been real shit. Oh, it's like it's winter again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's either wet or it's uh, it's windy. So yeah, and cold. But I, haven't, but I haven't mentioned it on my Strava. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean it's normal then? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You mean it's normal weather? Uh, it's, I don't know if this is normal for November. Definitely not. <laughs> I reckon November's always a shit month. We're uh, we're we're forecasted to have zero degrees overnight, which I heard would be like our coldest morning in like half a century or something. Yeah, that's fresh. Yeah. Good running weather, that. It is good. It is good running weather as long mm. as it's not windy. That's it. My mm. other co-host, Dan and Anglesey, Surf Coast Track Club member, Julian Spence. Welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. How are you going? I'm going pretty good. That's good. Pretty good. Good, good. Feeling like a runner again? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, all. I did. I joined the group yesterday, which was, which is like the first sign that you're, you're sort of halfway healthy when you join the long run group. Mm. Yeah, that's what you want. Join the whole way or like just some of the way? Oh, well, I, I did the loop, but I made the loop to suit me. <laughs> so the loop master made a, a 90 minute loop, but most people added on afterwards, just not me. 90 minutes or so, though. Tell us about yeah, your week yeah. leading into that. None of it's on Strava, so we wouldn't know. No, 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 one of it, one thing was. Got to come back put... soon, I think, don't you? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll chuck some stuff up every now and then. I, I honestly, since the lockdown from like six months ago, I, it's just set to private and I go and change things. I have oh, to go so and change yours everything. Yours is default private. Yeah, and oh. so. It's actually easier just for me not to do that right now, but I, I will start putting stuff up, especially when I run with other people. Um, just so, and when, it, and when it looks good, yeah, and when I get, get fit, <laughs> and when I beat other people, I'll put it up. 
<laughs> and when I take, when I think I've got a course record or a, a king of the mountain, <laughs> I'll put it up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Take us <laughs> or through. I've got a good. Yeah. So Mondays are always they're still my day off. Day off running anyway. So in the afternoon, went to the, um, went to the gym and did. 10 by a minute hard minute easy on the elliptical next next day i did a workout i actually saw the osteo i had a tight back for probably a week before this and then i i went and saw the osteo on the monday and he he got into it pretty good like needle and and really quite aggressive stretching and some some manipulations like some cracking um and i pulled up pretty sore from it like I, I wasn't ready for that type of work, and and so the the next morning I did an hour, which was broken up into twenty minutes warm up, then two by seven minutes at uh, underneath threshold heart rate, three minutes slow jog in between, and then a twenty minute cool down. So the uh, the idea behind this was just to reintroduce some tempo running without too much stress and with a good break in between because it's probably it's like my first sort of workout back my proper workout anyway um it's not even a proper workout but it was just a little step up a little stepping stone workout so i got up pretty early because i had like an an 8 a.m zoom call so i got out the door and it was just like the most magic morning um i lived 200 meters from the anglesey river and you know when you look out down the end of the street you can see the river and there's um there's all like steam coming off it because the the air temperature is i'm guessing it's i'm not very good at this stuff but i think it's the air temperature is warmer than the the river i mean colder than the river and so it was there's no wind and it was just perfectly still it was probably i don't know maybe about oh, six degrees or something um, but it, the sun comes up over the hill just at the, the river mouth there and it's it's like the perfect setting for coming out of your house at the right time anyway um, and so I was pretty stoked like that that was a good start to the the day oh, so in the um, thresholds I ran um, 323 pace for the first seven minutes which was 157 heart rate and then the next rep was 327 at 166 heart rate uh, it, this was around the river trails, so dirt road and a little bit on an asphalt road and then through some trails. So it was it was actually went better than I thought it would. Um, I don't know why because I didn't really like feel like I was very fit, but that that sort of pace heart rate combo um, was was better than I expected. So that was an hour, fourteen and a half k and. Uh, next day I was pretty sore I ran 45 minutes um, 10 and a half K that was in Ballarat I ran with Watto so that was a bit too that was a bit quicker than than what I wanted but I like when you're with someone it's hard to control the pace <laughs> when you're the unfit one um, you kind of just have to keep up to a degree so this was probably a little bit faster than what I wanted um, but good to catch up with Watto for a run. So he seems to get some, got some motivation back, and he's been running with a um, couple of couple of guys lining up for Melbourne Marathon, Ferg and and Toby from Ballarat. So they've been getting in the hills, getting some really good Sunday long runs in, and um, and Watto's been joining them. 
so like to keep up with those both those guys are flying right now so so that's a good little sunday long run group it's coming back next day 60 minutes uh, i did this um i think i did this with ali actually we, we went out on the the ridge track i ran 13.1k did some did elliptical did a monophyllic on the elliptical in the other and then the next day i was supposed to do my um a workout a uh a 200 meter workout so just introduce fast running again without sort of too too much overload but because my glutes and my back was still really quite sore i changed it to to do thre- another threshold session so, uh, so the morning i woke up the friday i actually felt great like my back was really loose and my glutes weren't locked up so the, the warm-up felt really good and I started to feel like a runner again because like I was like, oh, this is how running was supposed to feel. Uh, so we joined Ali and a guy called Jordan Karras. He's a footballer coaching Anglesey this year. And he's, he's, he's a runner, like he runs in the off-season. And we, he had 4 by 2 k with 2.5 minutes jog or 500 jog and I changed mine to 3 by 7 minutes threshold two and a half minute jogs and and so he did that ali did that as well um we ran along ali's road like the road that ali lives on which heads up into the bush and then it goes uphill like one way and then you turn around and we came back downhill but i did two reps uphill one hill downhill so the paces were 320 was with and 159 heart rate 325, 171, and 315, 172, which was downhill. Uh, so again, good to f- finish a workout without being sore or, or anything like that. Um, and then I went and picked up the zero runner. So I hired a truck, went up to the uh, gym warehouse place, picked up the, the, the zero runner, which is that like elliptical thing that I got, brought it home, basically unloaded it by myself. It's 200 kilos. So it was fucking hard work, dangerous as well, trying to get this thing off the hydraulic lift. Um, baby started crying, so Brie went inside, so I spent like an hour trying to maneuver it around myself and eventually got it off, got on it, spent 20 minutes on it. I uh, woke up the next day, jumped on the treadmill. Um, I, I was, had some sort of sore-ish quads, but I, I attributed that to the workout, especially the downhill rep, and then... So I just did a treadmill workout, felt okay, but had sore quads. That afternoon, I did 30 minutes on the zero, zero runner. And that night, my quads were killing me. Next day, woke up, started the long run, felt like someone had beaten my legs with a hammer. That's how sore the front of my quads were, right up the top. Like the only other time I've felt like this is, is after a marathon um, or after a day when you like run down a mountain, like if you've done a, um, a mountain run like Bogong or something. And I could, I had no idea what it was. And then Bree said, yeah, my quads are really sore too. And she is the zero runner. So I shot a message to Lee who has a zero runner as well. And he's like, oh yeah, my, my quads got smashed when I first got that thing. So there's something about like the angle and how it uses your, your hip flexors and your quads that smashed me. And today, I, like I can barely, I can barely operate. My quads are so sore. Um, and it sucks when your cross-training machine that's designed to sort of help you not get injured injures you. Well, not injures you, but stops you from running as much as you want just because, yeah, 
loads you differently. Could be making you stronger, Moose. That's what I. That's the positive thing I'm looking at. <laughs> it's a good, but, maybe it's a good pain. It's like weakness leaving the body. Yeah. Well, I'm just hoping that this is the sort of stuff that, like, down the track, these sort of muscle strength might help you at the back end of a marathon or something. Maybe. Gee, I'm clutching, but I'll take it. Anyway, I did um, 82K for the week and felt like it was a structured week again. Two workouts and a long run. First race back penciled in, Moose? No, I don't have anything penciled in. You're looking I, around I, now, though, won't you? Starting to sniff something out? Well, I, I want to get safely through the rebuild. Okay, so yeah. get yeah, I want to get workouts in that that lead me into something where I can handle a race effort. Uh, so I'm thinking like there's a few fun runs down here over summer. Um, so late December, which I'll jump into, I think. So like they, they, they always have them. The Sunday, it's like a summer series, you know, Mount the Surf, Rip to River. There's a Dawn Busters, the Roo Run, Bells Bash. Like they're all local. Then a lot of them are surf club run. And so they get they get timed with an ocean swim on the like the next day or the same day. Like um, Rip to River is there's a swim out there like the um, shit I don't even know what it is. And then the the pier to pub is the same weekend as the um, oh what's that one called? What's the lawn one called? Mountain Surf, isn't it? Mountain Surf, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, so and- surfer boys doesn't even know what they're called down there, croaks. <laughs> There's like fucking eighteen of them. The local should been, know that kind of stuff. Of, no, he's been out of town for too long. Yeah. In Ballarat. Ballarat boy now. It's a big. It's a good win at um at Mountain Surf. Yeah, Some remember good that names year that, that, won that Andy smoked up Collis. Remember that year? Yeah, I do remember that. That was a big upset. That's probably the best race of his life, I reckon. It's a big scalp to take. Have you ever yeah. won it? Nick White, no, no, I never won it. No, I come fourth one year. Fourth. It went, you know, first was um, Matt, um, shit, what was his name? He was like, yeah, Gun. He yeah, was, um, used to run for Knox. Yeah, yeah, Matt him. Bailey. Matt Bailey, yep. So Matt Bailey won it on a whole, he was come back, he was at college at the time, and he'd come back and won, and he beat Kane Willie. Oh, yeah. And third place was Nate Hardigan, and I was fourth. And, um, fifth with Jimmy Adard, I think. Uh, it was a good year. Like, it was a solid year of, and but you've got like, you got guys there every year who are top three AV runners normally. Um, even though it's like the prizes are shit and everything, but it's still just a bit of prestige about that one. Whereas the other ones, they're they're normally easy to to to, to go well at because not no one shows up to them. Yeah, but that was like a two twenty four moose racing those guys back then. You'd smoke all those guys now. Fuck that! No way. Yeah, you not would. over like what is Matt it? Twelve and a half k on the hills. No, it's like Kane Willie. What were his PBs? I don't think their PBs were that good. It's just that you were a bit slower that you think their PBs were better. Mm, I always remember them as being good yeah, runners. I don't. I don't think they would have held three minute k's on that course. Yeah, they, well, but it is pretty hilly. Because yeah, the results. Well, the results based off 8k right so you look at it and go oh 24 minutes geez he's run three minute k's but the course is like 7.4k so it's not actually eight so all the times look way better than what their actual paces are that they've run just yeah. as a heads up yeah it's real there's a big hill to start isn't there um massive hill super steep 
and then it rolls and then it's a real long downhill and then you actually run on single track for a bit where you can't pass anyone so if you're running along and you can't pass like you, you have to be kind of towards the front of the field when you hit that single track um, and then you run back you get spat out down it uh, I think it's St George's River maybe and then you run along the highway the side of the Gratian Road for a bit and then drop down at the pier at Lawn and run on the path into Lawn and you finish at the surf club it's it's a cool course like it's a, it's a cross country race basically mm. so the good cross country runners do well there yeah Mono, they, they reckon Mona's time there I don't know what it was but it was just it's just <laughs> exceptional like when he it, it, it was world class got a few of those doesn't he like that nail can <laughs> hill as well in Auburn. Yeah, yeah. i reckon there's a couple yeah, of local fun runs the lap of the lake that are like never ever going to get touched yeah exactly that i think this one's one of the modest one andy was andy may have been the closest that well, anyone's yeah. come sounds like a cross-country runners kind of course yeah that's andy yeah, for well, you. yeah yeah that's right uh very good croaks your week uh, yep, it was uh, okay. Um, not great after Sunday, but uh, yeah, so Monday uh, I pulled up pretty well actually after my 35 and a half K on Sunday. Um, so I did now at 409s uh, around Mulligans. And then Tuesday we had our group session out at Stromlo. So this was the first time I've been at Stromlo since like August. Um, and yes, yeah, so the session was six by three minutes off a minute jog. Uh, and then I took about three minutes recovery after that and then did uh, five sort of 30-second hills. Um, yeah, like it was – like Stromlo is tough. Like it's one of those sessions out there where it never actually looks that good on paper, but you know you're working pretty hard. Like I um, I, I was starting and stopping from different points around the course. So all I had to go off was GPS, and I didn't really look at my watch during the session at all. But according to GPS, I was like – between 315s and 320s for the three-minute reps, um, jogging sort of 410s to 415s. But, like, it was a much harder session than the week before on the track when I was running, you know, 67s, 400s, and um, probably 307 pace for 800s. Like, that, that felt way easier than 315s to 320s out on the grass. Um, but that being said, like, it, it makes you so strong. Um, and it sort of makes me realise like when I'm doing that session, when I, when I don't, when you feel good out at Stromlo, you know you're fit. Whereas you can sort of get you can get away with things on the track, whereas mm. you get found out out on the on the cross country course. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good enough session. Um, yeah, but yeah, one one of those things. It doesn't doesn't look great on paper, but it was certainly a solid workout. Then Wednesday morning, uh, got out for my midweek long run, 90 minutes, 4.11s. Uh, and then Thursday afternoon was when the weather started to turn. So uh, we headed out to Mulligans and it started to sort of started to rain just as um, I was out there running. But it was actually quite enjoyable because it was quite warm during the day. So you know that you know those runs where it's been hot during the day, but then the change comes through. Your sort of shirts off, bit of bit of light rain just cools you down a little bit. So um, yeah, did 45 minutes, 4:13s, uh, and then. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, weather was shit. Um, I put the put the treadmill together earlier in the week, so it was uh, it was ready to go on Tuesday, um, and so I thought Friday would be the good opportunity to test it out, given the weather. So did my warm up, 
uh, and then just did a 9K uh, tempo on it. So just set it to 17K an hour um, and, yeah, found it. Uh, it was all right. Like, I still I, I still don't know why it is, but heart rate on the treadmill is about right or, you know, probably is a bit lower than what I would expect outside. But my perceived effort in terms of how fast my legs are moving always seems way faster. So, for example, I ran... 9k at 332s on the treadmill for the first 10 minutes i felt like i was like you know running 310s like i felt like i was sprinting even though my heart rate wasn't super high and then after about probably 15 20 minutes i started to find like the sweet spot where i was sort of on top of the rhythm and then um yeah it sort of got easier the longer it went so i think i averaged uh let me just open it up Average 160 heart rate, um, maxed out at 164. So um, it was good. Like it was, it was comfortably hard. Did another sort of 5K cool down. Uh, and then that afternoon, jumped on the treadmill again just for another easy sort of seven and a bit K. Um, then Saturday was, yeah, Saturday pissed down rain. So I went out. I didn't want to run because I did like 20, really like 26K on the treadmill or something on Friday. I uh, didn't want to do another hour on the treadmill Saturday morning, so I went out in the rain and, um, yeah, there was a fair few puddles out at Mulligan's, did an hour at 4.18s, and then Sunday I wasn't really sure where I was going to run because I knew Mulligan's was going to be pretty flooded um, and it was super windy, so I always hate running from home on these days because it's quite exposed coming back from, you know, wherever I go, but ran from home out towards Mulligan's thinking I could do maybe the main trail that wouldn't be super flooded. But I don't know if you remember, Brady, but where, where we started, you go up that hill, like yeah. about the first kilometre. Big hill, um, yep. Yeah, and about halfway up that hill, there's a dam on the right-hand side. And I've only ever seen the path flooded there once, ever. And I got to there and, yeah, it was completely flooded. So, like, we've had so much rain over, I guess, a, a long period of time now. Um, so I turned around at that point, which was probably 3K earlier than I thought. Um, and at about that point, I noticed my tib, my tib ant was just a little bit sort of angry. And this is the one injury, it's probably been the most common injury I've had over 20 years. And like I ran through it a few times when I was younger and it, it set me back big time. Whereas the last, uh, last five, six, seven years, I get it every now and then, but I've, I've been able to really like catch it early take like one day off and i'm like and it's 100 percent um but the problem is it's like a real fine line sometimes it's you know if i if i run for an extra 40 minutes on it that's the difference between like one day off and a week um but i was like you know six seven k from home and it's like well like it wasn't it wasn't super painful that i'm like no i need to actually stop so I ran home, so I cut my long run short. So I just did 90 minutes, or just no, 93 minutes, 22K at 4.14s. Um, it wasn't super sore while I was running, but I knew that it was definitely at the point where if I ran for two hours, I'd probably be missing a week's running, whereas if I stop at one hour 30, um, then probably a day off and I'll be okay. So, um, yes, yeah, so that was my week. Got through 127K. Um, I didn't run today, but it's already feeling a fair bit better. Just iced and inflamed. Um, did some sort of um, stretches, bit of massage through my tib ant. And, um, yeah, like I'll either 
take tomorrow off as well. Um, I'll probably just test it in the morning, uh, just jump on the treadmill. If it's no good, I'll take another day or two off. And um, yeah, so that was that's my week. Yeah, good work. Good work getting straight onto that. I uh, did see the 90 minutes and thought maybe it was just a bit of a planned down week. I didn't yeah. think too much about it, that it might have been cut short due to a niggle. Yeah, I plan to do two hours, um, but, like, I've had three pretty solid long runs in a row. So, like, it doesn't bother me cutting at 90 minutes. It's more this is the one injury that I know I can't run through. Like, yeah. if, like if I get tib post, like, I can manage that and run through it, and it gets better over the space of a few days. But if I was to run – if like, if I ran again today, um, you know, it, it gets to the point where I think – what is it? Like, 2007, like, I ran through this a lot. And I ended up missing like three or four weeks with it. Um, so I, I think, yeah, it'll be like a day or two and I'll be fine. I love how you can call back stuff in 2007. Oh, well, I remember. Going. Well, I just remember it was like, a sh- like I, I just, I remember being so pissed off at myself for running through it, like, you know, for that long and yeah, just missing so much running. So, and I think that, well, that's one advantage, I suppose, of being in the game for so long is you, you learn to sort of read your body a bit and know which things you can get away with and which ones you actually need to really respect and go, no, nah, I can't I can't run through this one. Yeah. Hey, um, this is the part of the show where I ask you to try talk into doing something at Melbourne. Got a few, <laughs> uh, few things have come into the inbox during the week. Are you happy to hear them? Yeah, yeah, all right. First one's from Jamie. Hi, Brady. Do you think Bradley would be motivated to race if he ran for a charity that he cares about? Any so anything there, Croaks? Maybe if you raise some money, the last podcast where he ran for mental health suggested that. I'm sure some of the Inside Running podcast community would donate to see Croaks race more. And the faster he goes, the more money he raises. Just a thought. Thanks, Jamie. Ch- charity runner. Yeah. Could you see you maybe doing something for charity at Melbourne Croak? Could that be an option? Uh, probably not, no. Okay. That doesn't motivate him there, but thank not, you, not, Jamie. It's not, that, it's not that I'm against charities, but no, that's not going to get me up and about. Second one comes in from Adam. Uh, would Bradley consider maybe pacing Brady through the first 30k at Melbourne? Rack up, rack up some good bloke points. I agree you with Adam. You, could, you reckon he could do that? Moose 30K? has done it for me. I've done it for Moose. Croaks has thrown reckon. himself on the coals for plenty of females up at the Gold Coast. Moose, help out a mate. Yeah. Help out a mate. Get us to 30, well, 35. It'd be a good weekend if he comes down. Wouldn't that have a few beers afterwards? Yeah, no, I'm happy happy not to get the good bloke points. 25k, Croaks, and you get 25? Probably not. Okay. You could. You could, you could if Brady was next to you. At that pace, I'll be behind, if, behind if him. If Brady was next to me, I'd probably finish it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, last one. This is a longer one, this one. Hey, Brady, long-time listener and love the podcast. I don't really write in fan mail, but thought I'd write in after hearing my name mentioned in last week's episode at the end of Brad's week. I will be competing in this year's Melbourne Marathon 10K event, and if you're looking for Brad to have an enemy of the show to compete against, I'd be more than happy to be this person. There is no love loss between Brad and I after we had an Instagram comment altercation after the Saigon hashtag one event in 2019, and I'd really enjoy the challenge of racing him next month. You know, this is from Croaks? No. Okay. I can't remember. (laughs) Still going. It's very documented. I like this. I think this would be a great matchup as our 5K PBs are very similar 14 18 mine and 14 20 to his. And my 10K PB is just a tad quicker than his, but obviously he has the half marathon and marathon strength behind him. 
Uh, the point needs to be made that a 10k road race is a long way for a 1500 meter athlete like myself and Brad would surely start favourite. I look forward to hearing that he has accepted the invitation and seeing him on the streets of Melbourne on race day. Good luck to you for the last few weeks of your marathon preparation. Kind regards, Jordan Williams. Oh, oh this is... You surely, you surely, you, surely you wrote that. Are you on it? Just got, it, it came to my inbox from an nah. email account that I'm surprised that this person forwarded it from, from him. You Is know, it, will you, you accept know how I know it's not Jordan Williams? Well, yeah, because there's no way he's going to go to that effort. <laughs> no, because he said he doesn't normally write fan mail, but he seems like the kind of bloke who would write heaps of fan yeah, mail. Look, there could and, be. I don't know. It just got, came over my way, desk today. And he's run way faster than that over five k. Ah, two seconds. He, I, I actually looked he, up his world profile when I seen that email. Going, nah, he's quicker than that. Fourteen eighteen. Didn't he pace? He probably pace Zatopek faster than <laughs> that. We're talking about official races, mate. I've done time trials quicker than my PBs, and I don't claim them. <laughs> oh yeah, so officially, that's what he's on. So can we consider that one? Maybe he's thrown oh. out a challenge. I reckon you'd take him too. I know he got oh, him. Did you get cross- an altercation oh. with him? Yeah, remember he called him back. out on those stra- on um because remember Williams went for oh, the individual rem- win at Stig and hashtag one, not the team yeah. win. And then Croaks oh. called him out in some comments, yeah. It didn't end yeah. well. Really? Yeah, Good. they started fuming in the comments at each other. No, Croak had, had, had ten beers as well. He was at the Mohan Bowling Club singing beers and he goes, I'm just gonna let loose here. I still haven't got over him out kicking me at Noosa Bolt for five hundred uh, bucks. So yeah, no, we're, we're out, we're out too. This is on. All right, Jordan. Challenge accepted. Chance. See you in four weeks, mate. I reckon we. I reckon we could get the funds to get him down here because he's a massive tight ass. He does not. He does not need the funds. I know. He can sit in the car for six hours, free accommodation at my place, and then we'll go split accommodation in Melbourne. Why would Geordie Williams want to like race an old guy like me? Like, what, what satisfaction is he going to get out of beating me? Gets his name on the profile. Next couple of weeks, we'll talk about him on the uh-huh. podcast. I like it, Jordan. Thanks for sending in some fan mail, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, you guys want to hear my week? I'm going to whip through this, okay? Because we've got a, a lot, we've got a big dog guest coming on, Tom DeCano. You ready? Hold on to your hats because I'm going fast. Monday, 60 minutes easy, 4.41s. 7K in the afternoon, 4.47s. Bit of doms in the legs, fellas, because um, I did that mountain race the day before, remember? Mm, Not used to the hills. It. Yeah, do you want me to recap a bit more of it? Did you hear enough last week? Um, Tuesday, 17K in the morning, 4.32s. 8K in the afternoon, 4.32s. Another daily double. Um, yeah, unbelievable. But feeling less doms. So that was uh, good to get a couple of 4.32 runs out. Wednesday was the workout. Kenyon Fartlek, uh, 20 by 2 minutes at about 3.07, 3.08 pace. One minute float, about 3.30, 3.35 pace. Um times 20 did i say that maybe that equals 60 minutes so it was good it was a good workout i've only done this workout once before for the 60 minutes when i was building for rotterdam and i remember afterwards like i was cooked like three quarters of the way through it last time and just um probably i think i underestimated how hard this workout was the first time i did it so i kind of adjusted the pace of the bit and was a bit more settled on this one, I think last time I was maybe trying to hit like 303s, 305s for the two minutes, but I just eased things off a bit. I wanted to kind of finish it with no worries at all and be kind of like super consistent, which it was. Um, Archie did the first 14 reps with me, so it was good just to swap the reps around for the first, I think we took uh, one each for the first 10 and then maybe he took the last four and then I had the last six um, solo. But yeah, really good workout, um, felt strong, uh, 18.5k at 314 pace. 
7k in the afternoon for 39s listening to uh road to nowhere thursday like a true recovery day 8k in the morning at 437s 10k in the afternoon at 439s friday this is when the rain hit and um yeah i did 90 minutes pretty much got wet from the word go and just like cold and sit all your t-shirts kind of sticking to you and just miserable just sleet in the air it wasn't fun at all um, I did listen though to the uh, Daniel Johns podcast and I was maybe a bit harsh on that early days when I first started listening to that a couple of weeks ago. It's actually uh, quite a good listen. So I've been enjoying listening to that kind of documentary style podcast um, and then got out in the rain again on Friday afternoon at 4.27s, Saturday morning, uh, 80 minutes, so 17.8k, listen to the Molly Seidel interview on the Sidious Mag podcast. That got me through that one, average 4.30. And then the afternoon, um, 7K, 4.30 again, boys. Mm. So two daily doubles in the one week, which is pretty rare because I think I probably won't hit another one now for five or six years. Um, and a few people like sliding into my DMs. I had one one listener, Jacinta. She was telling me she went on four recovery runs last week, fellas, and she averaged the same pace, 4.46, on every single one of them. There's got to be something in that, doesn't there? without trying to no yeah yeah so this is all without trying like if people have been going oh yeah but you look at your pace i'm like i do not i swear on hudson's life i don't look at the pace when i do this it is just completely random i don't and then yeah jacinda was the same she runs with stopwatch face on and then checks at the end all the same pace so i don't know runs five of them four 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 last week all recovery runs you know, things that might have been a 30-minute recovery or 60 or 50 or 70 or whatever, yeah. and all of them That's land on 446. Yep. Just to not even get a one second off. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe something's mm-hmm. going on with Coros or Strava or something like that. But, yeah, something's happening. I pretty much run 410s for all my easy runs. Do you? So don't look. Well, I pretty much run the same pace within yeah, a second I mean, or have, two hours. You average. have 1K splits on, don't you? I, yeah, I'm on, but yeah, no, that doesn't attention. count. Doesn't count. <laughs> um, and then Sunday did 30k at four minute pace, um, and then changed shoes, and then we did three sets of 2k in about 310 pace, so like 620, two minutes jog, 1k at 305, 90 seconds jog, um, and this was a good one as well. Just um, I like these ones. I find these the easiest of the marathon, like longer workout longer run kind of workout sessions just because mentally like the 30k at four minute pace doesn't cause me any troubles because it's like flat and like good surface and like once you lock into that 355 four minute pace feels pretty smooth and then it's almost like I reset when I change the shoes and start the workout and like the workout's a 9k workout but when you just look at 9k workout by itself it yeah doesn't cause too much stress at all and then it's not until you look at your watch at the end that you've kind of covered I think we started the last 1K rep at 39.5K, um, and then you start over, maybe overthinking it a bit. You're like, oh, this is a big workout, and um, yeah, hitting a few Ks here. So it was 43K in total at 349, which is the longest I'll go in this build-up. I'll start getting a bit more specific um, in the next two weeks, three weeks, however many weeks. I've got four weeks. So um, that was a big week, 193, my third week in a row, over 190. And feeling good, feeling fresh. Just looking What's forward to it. What's he going to run, Moose? He's uh, pumping oh. out some big sessions. <laughs> yeah, he is. Nice and, and I think he's been nice and controlled with them as well. So he's not get. 
like he's a different man now, isn't he, Brad? We're not seeing him get carried away, and maybe it's because he's still got, got a couple three, of... still got three weeks, fellas. Don't get don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. But no, thank you. I, it's because now I've got to tell people not to get carried away. Yeah, you've got a couple of little apprentices underneath you, yeah. and you have to be a good example for them. Don't want to make the same mistakes I've had in the past. Yeah, I've been, I've been impressed like the last I don't know, probably 12, 18 months. Like you definitely slowed down, like your recovery days. Um, like to the point you don't even give a shit about them, which is good. Um, how's your body? Because it's like I noticed like the last three weeks has pretty much been like consistent high mileage, whereas I know like some people like will have like one real high week and then maybe back it off a little bit and then go high again. But you've pretty much been 190 plus for three weeks in a row now, and I'm guessing this week will be the same. No, this week's 160, so I'm going down this week. Um, but, yeah, I just – I didn't actually have 190 – in my program to try and hit it was just more like how's the body feel and can i push some of those like 30 minute pm runs to to um instead of being like six and a half k get them out to eight or nine k um but you got to remember these like the sunday's a bigger workout and the wednesday and i've also alternated so i do like a longer fart like one week and then the next week i'll go back like remember when i did minor fart like the week before so i'll um do some swaps there but the body's really good i've got a blood test today just to um to check my iron after that infusion, just to more probably placebo, just to know that it's going to be good. Um, and then, yeah, body's feeling good. Life's a bit stressful, though. Like I was telling you guys off air before, like we've got this COVID situation hitting schools and... Um, oh, COVID situation. Yeah, no one's yeah. No one's had that in their life. It's just, yeah, it's like this, this pandemic thing. Pandemic. Yeah. Well, it's the first time it's kind of... So for me, if a kid in my class tests positive... I have to do seven days of isolation. So if that was to happen on Melbourne, like I could be in Melbourne on the Saturday night pre-race and could get a phone call from my boss saying, hey, a kid from your class tested positive as of yesterday, you got seven days and you can't race. And it's just, I love being in, or even if it happened next week, it's like we well, can't train for a week. Like you got to get a treadmill or try and figure stuff like that. And I just like being in, like it feels like, like I've got 25 kids so I can't control where those 25 kids go outside of school or who they socialise with or what they do. And it's like, oh, it just put me a bit on edge that I, like something like that could come up the next um, yeah, couple of days. Like half of Carly's school, the teachers are doing that at the moment because half their school are um, at home, like isolating. So uh, that's just something to think about that I don't really want to be thinking about. Very much. What's your big workout this week? Um, I am doing well. I was also telling you guys off air that I'm trying to get access to a track on Wednesday to do a bit of a track workout, do some faster fours. And then I am finally going to do that Matt Clow session that I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. Why didn't you pull me up on that last week, you fellas? Because that Clowsy session, mile under, mile over, is pretty much identical to um, Kenyon Fartlek. And I was thinking of doing that Sunday and the Kenyan fart like Wednesday. And it wasn't until I looked at my program. I'm like, why have you got these two on the same week? They're pretty much the same workout. What, a minute versus a mile? It's way, yeah. Well, one's, way different. One's 24K. Mile... The other one's they're pretty much they'll come out at the same average pace. Because I, I was working on a mile at about 310 and a mile at about 325, um, which will come out about that 315, 316 average which is kind of what the Kenyan Fartlek come out for. But one it doesn't go, matter what your average is. Oh, no, you're just working yep. the same. Working at 308 really, pace is the same as working at 310 pace, I reckon. Well, so your minutes would be faster than 310 pace. No, it was two minutes. 
two minutes. The Kenyan fight, like three or seven. Yeah, seconds. but even then, like holding him for two minutes versus over five is different. Yeah, but then you're holding the recovery for five instead of one. I just thought they were too similar to have in the same week. Mm. You know what I mean? I think they're touching the same system. So mile on, mile off. Sunday, yeah, that's the answer to the question. Are you are you going to do any longer reps at marathon pace during uh, this build? I might do three by five k on a Wednesday, about eighteen days out. Like yep. the two weeks out will be the um, two weeks out would be the Sunday of that week. There's some value in that. Yeah, like you haven't really done that. Everything's been real short, like, and and I still think even just meant like just it's a completely different rhythm, and you want to sort of mentally train that, like being in a bit of a grind for a bit longer. Yeah. Do you think? And then Moose, you originally had the three by seven k in my Rotterdam plan. How? I'm just trying to get some free coaching advice here. How um how late? And this is a good question for a lot of marathons out there who are training for Melbourne. How long? out would you do your last uh, specific workout what you guys are kind of talking about now where you're trying to really dial into your race pace three weeks three yeah, weeks three, three, three weeks as the max like you wouldn't want it to be any closer than three weeks in my mind mm-hmm. and yeah and if you and you'd kind of look at maybe 20k worth of work there yeah well that that's different for that's that's yeah. not answerable but like three by seven k that's normally something that you've built up to yeah like that's a pretty solid workout in my mind some people might not think so but i always found that like a big accomplishment to get through because it was almost the the top of the the progression mm. um plan or the the train yeah. and so after that you're like okay race next the next yeah. progression is race um the focus now turns to get the start line fresh like don't don't yeah. worry about trying to gain fitness from there. Yeah, exactly. But that that and that was three weeks out. So this week, like a, a couple of the guys who haven't done much specific work, same like they're in the same boat as you, they're going to do a Sunday specific run, um, and it won't be like long reps at marathon pace. I think that's too hard to jump into if you haven't done any sort of progressive work into it it'll be more like a um a long run that progress you know the long run that you did a few weeks ago that progresses down 10 oh yeah sort of yeah um so they can build into it and they can it gives them a chance to use feel rather than pace as well yeah Uh, and they hit their marathon pace well they hit their marathon feel at the end which which can often be marathon pace in those workouts because it's a it's a nice adrenaline building workout as you get faster, yeah. like you get more excited, workout. don't you? Yeah. yeah, and it's actually, it's probably the only one I've done that you feel what the marathon feels like post 30K. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you, when you're starting yeah. to hit those, the 2 by 2 k reps at the end, you're like, okay, this is post 30K feels here, whereas I don't think I've felt that in any other workouts in this build-up maybe. Yeah, and you can only get to that point a couple of times in in a build up. Yeah, because that's a pretty taxing place to be. Mm. Yeah, the other ones, the twenty eight to like thirty. I think you had me maybe do thirty four k at ninety five percent. That's like because you're working ninety five percent, you're tired, you're in the middle of the block. That's also the other one where you start getting okay, getting a bit wobbly here. That that's to me that's an easier workout though than. Three by seven k. I really? think it, See, that I depends would, on what yeah. sort of athlete you are. Yeah, there, exactly, right? and yeah. what you like upstairs mentally, like what you can how you can concentrate and things like that. Yeah. See, so yeah, yeah, that's my weaknesses. 
So with thanks to the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival, we are delighted to bring you part four of our special series as we build towards the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival just four weeks away. Just a reminder that November 21 is the cutoff date for entries. Runners must register by 11.59pm this Sunday or they won't be able to race. You'll miss out. Be sure to jump on melbournemarathon.com.au to to secure your spot. And thanks to the Melbourne Nike Marathon this week, we are joined by a winner of the half marathon and the full marathon, Tom DeCano. Thanks for giving up some time on your Monday evening to talk to us all things Melbourne Marathon. No problem. Thanks for having me. How's things in Sydney, Tom? Give us a bit of an update on training. You're going in, I heard, on Shoe Geeks the other day as uh, the favourite for the race. So how are you dealing with that kind <laughs> yeah. of pressure? Yeah, Mike Mike always gives me a good big pump-ups. So it's good. Um, yeah, no, it's going okay. It's going pretty good. Um, I've had a pretty... It was going pretty well until this last week, actually. I was, I've been on holidays, and it was going to be a bit of a down week, um, but ended up getting a bit of a cold, which... Um, Hopefully it doesn't turn to man flu, but I don't think it will. I'm turning a corner, but I missed I missed like a missed a long session and a long run. Um, but apart from that, apart from feel like he's better. So apart from that, training's been going pretty well. Probably on par with um, prep for Gold Coast, which never happened. So I don't actually know what shape I'm in for the marathon, but I would say um, I would say pretty pretty much on par with yeah how I was going leading into that. That's a good sign. And the um, the sickness is, I suppose it's good this far out because I think you've had two marathons in the past, Lake Biwa and maybe Fukuoka, where you, you were pretty much sick on race week leading into those two. Is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. My, my PB is still um, Fukuoka 2017. Um, I reckon both of those races I was in like way better shape, but just, yeah, just had shockers. Both were weird in, in different ways, but yeah, just felt wasn't myself on the day for both of those. Tom, what do you put what do you put the trend down to, Tom, of like sort of getting sick? Is it like just the stress of training, family and, and work? Yeah, I reckon it's just it's just like high you know, the high volume that you get into um towards towards the end of a marrow build up and yeah, like the unpredictability of um of sleep patterns like particularly with you know with young kids um as you guys all know now it's like yeah you just get some nights you don't get much sleep and you sort of you kind of like uh should be fine to push through keep doing the set the training the sessions where you, you probably probably should have pulled back on it on numerous times but um yeah and you i've, I've paid for it for a few times now tom take us back to 2016 the year you won in debut um, two twenty fifty three. Got a, looking at a photo of you here, sitting behind Dewey Yoa, which looks like maybe coming back up St Kilda Road, I reckon, in a pair of shoes yeah. that probably weigh, oh, I'm going to say a quarter of the ones that you'll be racing in this year. Take us back to uh, getting a win at your very first marathon, in, in and in a gale as well. Yeah, yeah. I got awesome memories from that race. Obviously, it was my first um, road marathon. I'd, I'd run six foot track earlier that year. Um, but yeah, first proper marathon and, um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I was just going in just wanting to have a good hit out. Um, wasn't really, um, yeah, I don't know, expecting to win. So, um, it just, it was, it ended up being pretty cool because I think I had about 8k to go or so when I made the break and, and had a, made the gap and was feeling good. So I had like that last 
bit of the race, quite a bit of time to to sort of savor the the moment. So it was, you know, it's always like if, if you're doing if you're running a big PB or, or leading a race or whatever, that the pain is nowhere near as much as if you're fading and not doing as well as you wanted. So although it was like towards the end of the marathon, it I don't really remember it being all that painful because um, yeah, it was just a it was a a good day. It was it was obviously an odd one because of the the wind. It was kind of really odd and tactical because no one wanted to take the lead. Um, so me and me and actually me and Matt Cox did did a lot of the sharing of of the wind out on Beach Road. Um, and then I had the break. I made a break at like I think it was around 32k or maybe a little bit after. You know how like the half marathoners interject the course. We yep. had um. I think it was bet yeah it was Ben Morrow so I just he was probably running 10 or 15 seconds a k faster than what we were doing at that point and um going into a headwind so um I was like yeah I was massively um grateful for him at the end he was like mate you you pretty much sealed that race for me because I just tacked on to the back of him and no one no one else could sort of jump on to that so yeah, pretty unique situation that that happened. Moose and Croaks, I think you were both there that day. Tom, did you um look at him on the start line and feel any like bit of a tim- intimidation or anything? Oh, huge! Yeah, huge. I was you know, shaking. Yeah. <laughs> what about Dua though? Because Dua, Dua was a class athlete. Like he would have had a better half marathon than you at that time, and he was mm. he he used to win a lot of races. Um, and he was there till obviously thirty two k. I know he didn't finish that day, but um. Yeah, I was expecting, uh, to be honest, I was expecting him to blow past us at any point because he, he was kind of just sitting on us and, um, yeah, I was pretty much just waiting for him to go. And so when when he didn't latch on, I was like, what's going on? This is bizarre. He's not, he's not only is he not going ahead, but he's just not, he, didn't, he hasn't made the break. So um, I only found out at the end that he didn't finish. But, yeah, I, I definitely would have thought he'd be, um, uh, yeah, he, you know, he, he would have been the one to beat for sure. Did you get emotional, Tom, running into the MCG? Like 42K yeah. is a long time to be thinking about stuff and especially having the last kind of 6 or 7K, you are saying to savour it. Like what was it like running into the MCG about to win? I think the prize money would have been like $20,000 back then as well. You can maybe yeah. correct me if that's wrong. Like, um, yeah, it must have been an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. It's up there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, yeah kind of hard to describe like because i had I had um my family there like my wife and um at that point i think yeah our son would have been well he was like real young maybe like a, uh less than a year old um my parents and stuff yeah so it was just yeah it was just because it was unexpected and um first marathon um to get the win there was yeah hard, hard to explain it's probably up there with like top top three races that i've done what did you spend the cash on <laughs> I have to ask ask my wife why of that. <laughs> Pretty sure she commandeered that. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I don't even know. Probably paying off um, your coach Gary. He's expensive. I heard. Commission, Gary. Yeah. Who was who was coaching you then, Tommy? Yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary. Yeah. I, I think I, I think I joined Run Crew like that year or or uh, probably yeah probably in March of that year I reckon. Hey, uh, Tom, a lot of listeners will be doing the Melbourne Marathon in four weeks' time. Have you got any tips for them as a past winner? Any bit of inside info that they need to know about the course or, like, drink stations or when to plan your move? Yeah, I reckon it's um, it's a, it's a good course in the fact that you can kind of 
break it up a bit. Like you got, I'd probably like mentally, it's good to I think segment it a bit. So I'd probably break it up in three parts. Like have the the first part being starting from the starting point around Albert Lake and finishing kind of when you get onto Beach Road. So that's kind of like the first part, which you just got to be feeling like super comfortable um, getting into like just that that rhythm and just feeling like it's a you know pretty easy and then then beach road is a whole other section so you're out there on the straight and i think when you're out there um you just got to lock into hopefully there's people around you that you can work with and lock in particularly if it's a bit windy uh, which it can get out there so lock into a pace try and do as little work as possible out out on that part and still feeling i think you've got to feel comfy there because then that that i'd say that final part the last third would be coming back off that like coming back up st kilda road um you got like that that's probably like the last 10k or so is probably the hardest part of the race as well so not only have you done 30k but then you've got the hills um probably the hilliest part of the course so you probably need to feel pretty good as good as you can at, at 30k knowing that if you want to finish well um that you've got to have a fair bit left in the tank particularly if people are running i'd say um you know four four hours plus for the marathon it may get i don't know, I don't know what the weather's going to be but obviously it may get pretty warm as well so it's going to be hilly and warm probably that last 10k or so so definitely got to have um have a bit in the bank uh a bit of energy left for that last that last segment i'd say so that old saying what you use for the first 32k you're going to use the same energy for the last 10k would uh ring true on this course i never heard that before haven't you no i haven't either first 20 miles you should yeah the last the last 10k is hard as the first 20 miles yeah well i've heard the race like the 30k mark is the halfway halfway point point. Yeah. yeah i've heard that before yeah that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> do you just make up an old? Do you just make up your own saying and say? Try to put my oh, own spin old on saying. it. Your old saying, special travel saying. Made up an hour ago. Mine sounds hey, good. Hey, um, Tom. Yeah. How fast do you think you can run? On perfect conditions, uh, Tom. What kind of shape are you going to be in? Like the problem. The problem is, like, I don't know who's running. Um, I was hoping you guys could tell me. Brett's what, running. Got a start Brett, list. Brett Robinson, Andy Buchanan, Ed Goddard. That's the lead pack. Yeah. Oh, is Liam Adams um, running? Uh, Liam's not on this official list that I've got, but it wouldn't okay. surprise me if on race week you just see Liam pop up. There we go. Yeah, if we can work together, like, I reckon if, yeah, if, um, I know Ed's always up for, for working pretty hard and going out and sharing some pace, so, I don't know, like, if the conditions are perfect, I reckon I'm in similar shape to leading into Gold Coast, which I was kind of hoping for, like, 212 something, so... Um, maybe a little bit slower in, in Melbourne, but because the course isn't probably quite as quick. But yeah, like a two-minute PB is probably possible, something like that. So like two four, like two fourteen high is my PB. So two fourteen fifty nine. Um, so so on that time, like the fact that you mentioned that Melbourne's not quite as fast as what you could run overseas, and like you're well and truly in the discussion for World Champs and Com Games next year. Um, decision for Melbourne over one of the overseas marathons, or you, you plan on going overseas as well? Yeah, so I'm I'm uh, looking at going overseas early next year. Um, so yeah, I think there's, there was yeah, it just panned out like I was actually looking at doing Valencia um, in December. I got an entry for it, but just the cost of it and the timing, and then the fact that. I could do this local one, which I've, you know, Melbourne, which I've had 
you know, great times at before uh, and the prize money, which is just so good. Like it's, you know, the chance of picking up 20K is just hard to hard to pass up. So it, it makes all the, I feel a little bit less selfish when um, all, all the training I do, like if I get a bit of a payday, um, that can, you know, go into our savings and mm-hmm. um, it, it helps. So yeah, def- definitely, manager, definitely keen on the payday. Lana's your agent, I reckon. Pretty much. Sorry, Chris, can I just yeah, piggyback yeah. on your question there? Because there's no time set for the um, Commonwealth Games, Tom, do you think like a win or a podium may be good enough to get you on that team as well at Melbourne? If the times, yeah, you know, are 2.14, 2.13? Who knows? It's got to be close, doesn't I mean, it? Boys, you agree with me? Yeah, I think we had this discussion. I think a lot of it will depend on how many guys actually get the sub two eleven thirty world champs qualifier because if we have more guys do that and they decide to do world champs, that opens up, you know, guys that run 2.13, 2.14 for com games, hmm. whereas if nobody qualifies for world champs, do they then still look at the guys that have run two eleven yeah. previously and send them to com games? Yeah. So, I, I reckon we're going to see some faster times early next year. But travel, international travel is is back on the cards, and the races are starting up. They're not getting cancelled anymore. So mm-hmm. you, you're going to see people go overseas for for training camps and, and racing again. Yeah. And Tom, given it's um, it could be hot. Are you looking at doing any sort of heat training um, throughout the next month? Um, no, I mean, apart from, actually, it was just like this last week I've been up the coast at Kingscliff, um, which was actually ridiculously humid for the week. So it was actually, would have been pretty good, but I didn't actually get much running done. I think last week I only did 70K. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's my heat training done a, a week of 70K. Hey, uh, Tom, you also we talked about the half marathon um, as well in your introduction, 2019. You had a sprint finish with Nick Harmon, 64.29. I got a good view of it for the first 10K because you were pretty much jogging until you decided to make a good move. Um, any tips for the half marathon course? Um, no, I mean, I guess nothing specific uh, for, the, for the half course. I mean, it's, it's – I guess that the back end does get – I was surprised when I ran it for some reason, I was expecting it to be a little flatter at the back end, I guess because it's supposed to be flatter than the full, but still was a bit lumpy at the end. Um, so I guess you still got to ex- expect that. Um, yeah, you got the foot, I don't know how footbridge, it, don't you, to come into the MCG, which bridge, the marathon that, doesn't that have. That footbridge is just – ah, oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that half has that. that. Yeah, Nick, Nick got a gap. Nick got like a 20-meter gap on me on that, on that footbridge. I thought I was done. And then – yeah, just on, coming off it. Like, I was so cooked going up that ramp. But then, um, yeah, I just caught him back up on the, on the downhill. But, um, yeah, it's nasty. And then twists that. and turns, doesn't it? Like, be prepared, listeners, if you're doing the half, that you come off that footbridge and take a tight left, another tight left, and then another tight left to go into the MCG. So there's a bit of turning in that last 700, 800 metres. Yeah. That's where you make yeah, a move. Nice. You've got to win it like Tom. <laughs> It's a good course. It, it is a good course. It's um, yeah, it's up there. Like um, Sydney, Melbourne, um, yeah, both good courses. Like for, for running fast times, I think you can run relatively fast there. Sydney, what Sydney course? Uh the Blackmore is a September one, not not the not the May one. That's here. Uh, yeah. Um, the that that one, the 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 September one, um, 
it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Yep. Beautiful. Any other questions for Tom, fellas? No, just good luck. Oh, Tom, when, I'm, when I'm looking at this photo of you here, um, what were those shoes, the orange ones that you won in, seeing you're a bit of a shoe geek, that you won in 2016? Mayflies? Uh, that, yeah, yeah. Good guess. Yeah, Mayflies. And what I, will, I did all my racing in those. Um, what will be the footwear of choice this year? Have decided yet? That'll be um, Next Percent version one. Oh, version oh, one, yeah. Going back in time. Back in time. The foam might be degraded. Got the softer foam from the, is it Vietnam or Chinese warehouse, Tom? Factory. Chinese. It's, I was saying the other day, actually, it's, um, it's, I feel kind of privileged to be, like, because we're all in that era, right, where we've raced in these traditional flats and we've, like, got to experience this, this, like, ridiculous surge in footwear tech, whereas, like, our kids are going to be like, this is the norm, like chuck a super shoe on, this is how it should feel to race, where, we, you know, we we know how much of a, a change, uh, of a jump this has been. So I, I remember in that race in the in Melbourne Marathon, the, the longest I'd run in the Mayflies was a few halves, and they were fine for the half marathon. But I, I, remember, in, I remember specifically in Melbourne um, going through halfway mark and just after that, my feet started to hurt. <laughs> so yeah. I was like 22K, my feet were like, oh, they're getting a little bit sore now. And so, yeah, the sorest thing for me at the end of that race was like, yeah, lo- like the soles of my feet and like and calves. Whereas now it's like pretty much just whole whole legs kind of locking up. It's not that, like definitely the feet never get sore anymore with, with the shoes we got now. Yeah, they should and should they. And that's like, did you, were you ever considering wearing more shoe for a marathon like, yeah so i'd actually um messaged um um uh osto that the nike rep about getting some lunar races which were i think they were they were discontinued or discontinued they were being discontinued at the time like nah i need i need some lunar races for the next one but then i guess it was the next year 2017 that the four percent came out so i never mm. yeah i never even bothered getting a pair of the the, the lunars i got i got those um the four percent like one week before city to surf in 2017 i was like yes i'm racing in these there was still some question marks on the shoe early days wasn't it yeah um yeah about whether they were going to make any difference or anything and and how boy how that has changed yeah yeah it's it's a i reckon for like it's a ridiculously good city to surf shoe because you can you can smash the downhills i think i was running like two 230 high k pace down coming down into bondi or something um yeah different uh, very good tom well thanks for your time tonight and thanks again to the nike Melbourne marathon festival jump on before sunday to register your spot and also we'll have an exciting announcement about a special live show leading into the melbourne marathon with some special guests more race day tips and advice keep an eye out on our social media for that stuff thanks tom and good luck in the last uh four weeks of the preparation Thanks. Uh, good luck to you too. Is uh, Craig, are you, uh, have you answered one He's, of the... Yeah, just missed it. It's just um, Jordan Williams wrote in an email and wants to take him in the 10K, so a big head-to-head brewer. Yeah. yeah. Who you got, Jordan Williams or Croaks? <laughs> oh, you Croaks, definitely. 1,500-metre mm. yeah. yeah. guy versus a marathon guy. I'd take him any day of the week as well. Yeah, the elite guy versus the old man. <laughs> so Croaks be there. Moose be handing out gels, Tom. You need someone to give you your gels? Handing out gels. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a gel. 
Can you... give, give me a Morton. Couple yeah. of Mortons to Tommy DC. I don't mind that. You've been doing it for the last 10 years, Mitch. You're a real community guy at Melbourne. I know the right spots. I know the shortcuts. I know where I can ride on the bike next to someone. And are we, are we allowed to take a job from you? You are if it's if it's being given at an station, aid station. Stationary, isn't it? You can't be moving with them. Well, and you've got to do it at the aid stations. You can't do it at random spots. But so, I don't know. We've spoken about this previously. There's been years where people have been riding on bikes with backpacks and being able to hand them out to the elite guys. During, during the like, race. While yep. they're on the – so in motion. Yep. No, yeah. See, that's that's actually not – that's not that shouldn't be allowed. But having someone hand a personal drink f- from the aid station should definitely be allowed. Mm. I've, I've definitely I've definitely seen people have people been riding around on bikes. Yeah, I know. There's been some some yeah. dodgy shit go on for sure. Don't can you remember when you won it, Tom? Did you have because I think because Melbourne Marathon maybe don't have elite athlete tables, they might give you like a bike rider representative who does go to every drink station and hand you your personal drinks? Is that how it works? Uh, so I think I don't think that was the case that year when I did it. Um, I think I've, to be honest, I need to speak. I need to speak with Tim about it. But I think I think this year he said that we, yet yeah, we can have people um, giving it to us. But I, by the sounds of it, yeah, it's still got to be at an aid station. But that'll yeah. make it super easy because I know when I did it, I think like half of the stations where I had stuff, I couldn't find it. So um, one, one good tip for people if they're doing it, which I did before that one, was just trying the whatever product they're going to have on course. I don't know. I'm not sure what they're having this year. but, but um, Yeah, so just just like using it in training and, and making sure, you, you know, you're, you're good with it, um, with taking it on and how it tastes and whatever, just so on the day you don't have a surprise. Yeah, good point. All right, mate, we'll let you enjoy your Monday night. Get back to the couch to watch a bit of Netflix. And, um, yeah, good luck for the next few weeks. Cheers. Nice See you, See you, mate. All right, fellas. Shall we thank some uh, Patreon supporters? Yes. Croaks, do you want to kick us off? Sure. i got Phil Roberts this week. Uh, Phil lives in Hilton in Western Australia. He's run 1932 for 5K, 44.21 for 10K, 338 for the marathon which he did in perth in 2019 uh we think he's got three kids maybe in the age range of 11 to 6 uh used to have a beer with a bit of salt and pepper in it a bit like myself these days and seems to enjoy a good jacaranda tree so thanks for your support phil good on you phil moose you got a bit of grain or beard croaks yeah and my hair yeah right start turning the cameras on I reckon it's a good, a good opportunity to get rid of that hair then. Yeah, maybe, maybe I will. Maybe when I race next, hey. Mm. <laughs> good idea, Moose. Who are you thinking? Um, I've got Liam Coglin. So Liam's from Elwood in Victoria. He's an engineer. He's actually an Ali Pashley coach, coach, run strong athlete. Uh, he has the nickname of the Hummingbird. He ran 2.48 at Melbourne in 2019, 74 minutes at Hobart 2020, 32.38 time trial, but he's getting real fit apparently. I just asked Ali, I said, what's he going to run at Melbourne? And she said, he's very smart racer. He's going to run 2.35. He's a more speed-based athlete, but he's... A, he, he's got the, the mindset and the patience of a marathoner, so that would be quite good. 
um, suit that. He just did 14 days of marathon training on a treadmill due to being a close contact of a COVID case. That sucks for him. But, yep, Liam's going to be there. So if you see him, if you see him in the sideline, like if you're on the sideline, then shout out to Liam as he rolls past. We actually met Liam Croaks down at Hobart that year. Yeah, had a few beers I was going to say that. We had a few. Yeah, I was going to say that. Brady. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. I do remember Liam. When I was looking at his numbers, Moose, he um, strikes me as a guy who was getting real fit. And then we went into lockdown for two years, and he's just kept stringing the training together, ready to drop some bombs over the next yeah. six months. This yeah. So like, yeah, I think Ali's injured him quite a bit. Oh, okay. Um, she said uh, she's determined to work out the best way to train him without him getting injured. He can't do big volume slow workouts all the time. He responds really well to faster stuff, but also the big long one because it's not his strength. If you've got some needs to do some good homework there, Moose, I'm impressed with that. Oh, yeah, well. Good work, Liam. Uh, yeah, good. Knows good, athletes. Uh, Thanks for your patronage. Robin Jones from London in the UK. I'm going to thank you. 15.56 for 5K, 33.58 for 10 113 for the half, 238 for the marathon at London back in 2015. Hitting some good mileage, 1,000, sorry, 5,129 Ks so far this year, which is pretty impressive. Uh, enjoys eating olives and owns a budgie going by his Strava photos. And runs for that UK club fellas with the red and black horizontal stripes. Is it serpentine? Do you know what that one is? Or Blackpool? Oh, I'm no, not sure. No. Yeah, didn't have that. Couldn't zoom in and see the name, but he's in that red and black club. Uh, someone from the UK write in for me because that's doing my head in, not knowing which one is which. Got a budgie, does he? Yeah, had a photo. Well, I just go off what people have photos of. So if you got photos of kids, you got kids. If you got photos of budgies, <laughs> you got budgies. That's how it works when I stalk you on Strava. So you know, um, it was a budgie. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it was one of those ones. Yeah, it's one of those ones that, like, when you're a kid, you had a class pet and it used to be a budgie and it'd go home to, like, a different person's house every weekend, like a budgie oh, roster. You know, that's those ones? stressful on the budgie. Yeah. That's not real nice. Imagine being in a classroom with 25, like, <laughs> yeah, 10 year olds as well. Making and then really someone taking that. you home to a new environment yeah. every night. Well, they keep in the cage. You don't get out of the cage. Yeah, I know, but it's. That's imagine, not... imagine if the house had a cat and stuff. Yeah. yeah you're oh, right. I hadn't thought That's of... some bad ideas. I hadn't like... thought about that, Moose. <laughs> Yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Holland well, back in too. We used to have one. Budgie's not complaining. Yeah, well, thanks, Patreon supporters. Uh, if you find value in our podcast, feel free to uh, support us at patreon.com forward slash inside running podcast. Bonus content there, early releases, you name it. Try to give some uh, bonuses over there. So the next bit of the show this week, fellas, is the running news. We'll kick off with you, Croaks, New South Wales 3K champs. They, yep. had, um, they had 23 races up there. They're well and truly mm-hmm. back. Yeah, and like I know we talk about this every year, but it's one of the best nights of racing that they put on, um, largely because everybody competes. Like, you know, three k's of distance where, like, it's yeah, you know, it's short enough for di- for juniors to be involved. The middle distance guys sort of step up a bit. The pure distance guys come down. So that's why you end up with so many people running. They had like five hundred and five hundred and eleven, I think, entered in in the three thousand meter races. Um, so in the women's, um, it started off at pretty much the top four broke away pretty early. So that was Leanne Pompiani, uh, Ainsley Van Graan, Holly Campbell, and Jayla Hancock Cameron. Um, so, and then probably halfway through the race, Leanne and Ainsley sort of pulled away and it was a battle between those two over the last lap. Leanne was able to pull away just down the home straight to win in 906.85. 
Ainsley was second in 907.89. Holly was uh, third in 917, and Jayla was um, fourth in 924. So it was, um, yeah, good good race. I included fourth because that was the third bronze medal for oh. the New South Wales champs, if you're wondering what's going on there. Yeah, because Leanne uh, is from the ACT. Yeah. yeah. Yep, uh, the men's race, I watched this, fascinating race actually, Kieran Tall and um, Joe Burgess, I think he runs the same club you do, Croaks, Sydney Uni boy, I think he had the white singlet on, they went hard from the gun, 30 seconds. But is a Bendigo bat? Joe Burgess? No, Brad. Oh yeah, this is his inter, the winter club, dual registered Croaks is, I think. Yeah, stop registered. man. How am, I, how am I ever going to get him down to do cross country if he won't come down to Melbourne? Marathon Festival moose. Yeah. And we're going to even do buddy 12k at Bandura cross country in the middle of winter. But anyway, um, they went out hard. 30 seconds first 200, 62 seconds through the 400, and pretty much dropped the whole field. Um, and then they kind of did two laps on each. Um, one of them would go out to lane two, and the other one would come through. And then they kind of settled a bit. I think they went through the first K in like 2.41. And then they just kind of settled into like 65s, 66s. And then JB, he dropped off a bit. And why this was happening, why they kind of settled, um, Craig Huffer, the Victorian, name from the past, been around for a long time, Mm. very talented guy, was very surprised to see him in this race because I hadn't heard much from him at all. Would make a good interview, actually. Spent a lot of time over in the States, didn't he? Trained with Nick Willis and stuff in that crew. Would love to know what he's doing these days. Um, he got back onto that pack and kind of settled in that kind of third position. Uh, JB, as I said, he dropped off, which just left the two of them there. And then it was a real um, game of cat and mouse. Kieran didn't really want to lead, so he kind of put the brakes on and then run out to lane two. And then uh, Craig would come through in lane one, but didn't really want to be there as well. So he'd kind of just, just kind of settle and not push the pace. And why this is all happening with these two playing games out in front um, you can kind of just see the stalking figure of uh, the previous 10K Australian record holder, Ben St. Lawrence, and the pack he was in, just getting closer and closer. And they kind of started to get a bit of a sniff there, him and uh, Luke Young. But by the time the bell kind of hit, Kieran Tall, because they ran a 67, their second last lap, Craig and um, Kieran, and Benny St. ran a 64. So he kind of pulled three seconds back into him. And then Kieran did go at the bell, strong finish, 58 second last lap, won the race in 805.6, Huffer was second, 807.6, Benny Saint coming home in 58 as well, so uh, match Kieran Tall for the last lap split to run 809.7, a new uh, Australian 40 plus record, and uh, yeah, Luke Young got that bronze medal because Craig was Victorian in 812 he's from newcastle so yeah interesting race i thought they might have gotten a bit trouble there doing that thinking that benny might come over the top of all of them but um yeah it's kind of fun to watch mm-hmm. enjoy that interesting race. interesting when has kieran it's all been under eight minutes before no this was like a 15 second pb i think but yeah i would have 3k is a rare event to do isn't it like if you're injured or you miss one here and there like do you know what i mean you don't do them that often so he's much quicker than his previous pb yeah, but I'm say, suggesting like would have been maybe a good opportunity to close hard and, and, and run under eight minutes. Probably still would have won given he closed in 58. Um, yeah, he I obviously um, had a bit left. And... I was kind of yelling at the stream. Like I wanted to see one of them try to rinse the other guy, like 600, 800 out, not both 
go for the kick finish and kind of play games. But it was a different kind of, it's very rare to see a race like that. It was fascinating to kind of watch it. Um, pretty unique kind of race situation. But yeah, I'm with you. I would have liked to see him try to run sub sub eight minutes. But I guess about, it's a state championship, but it's yeah, not. He still would have most... won the state championship though because yeah, Craig was in rotation. Right. Yeah. What about your mate though uh, in the 40 plus category, Croaks? 809, Benny Saint. Come home like a steam train. Yeah, it was that 202 for the last 800. Yeah, he was closing, coming hard. So that was really good. Uh, last bit of running news was in Queensland Moose. They had their 5K championships up there. They, yes, they did. And in the Open Ladies, we had Brielle Erkbacher. Mm. She ran 16-16, and she ran from Reen Ringy in 16-28. Uh, with Samantha Phillips third in 1639. Um, and then the, the gents, Callum Davies won in 1413 from Kieran Perkins, who's making a great transition from 1500 meter swimming to running. And he's run 1415. You've used and that then, joke so many times, I reckon. <laughs> on the show. I've never used it. So you have definitely. We thank him, I think, as a done. Patreon supporter once. <laughs> He's a good fella too, Kieran Perkins. Yeah. No, he's think, going well. I think he's in the army or ex-military. Is he? Yeah. yeah. He, he wouldn't want to get a fight of him. You seen how big his arms is? Arms are for a distance runner? He'd knock you out. Not that I'm condoning violence at all. Don't have to email me about that joke. Maybe that's the difference between first and second is the size of his arms mm. and his torso. He could maybe... Oh, we don't want to talk about dropping weight on this show. Oh, Powerful, though. We've gone too far. Mm, that's we've an gone email too coming far. your way. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, Kieran, you're perfect as you are. Everyone's beautiful perfect. Arms. Everyone's oh, perfect. We can't, tell, we can't say someone's beautiful without calling everyone else beautiful. Everyone's beautiful and perfect. Aiden Hobbs, another beautiful character, was 14-15 runner. Um, 14, 15, gee, that's a close for third there. So Aiden, he's a patron, isn't he? He'd ran well yep. for that. Big friend Works. of the show. I reckon that's going to be close to his PB as well, Aidens. He ran a pretty good three. He's got good range, Aiden. Like whacking away, searching for it. Yeah, quickly trying to get there. He's been knocked back though. He's he's, um, he's improved a lot. Yeah, he's improved a lot the last few years. So like Aiden was the guy that ten years ago used to rock up the city of surfing like a Superman outfit. That's what I found on Google. Yeah, and like just do all that sort of stuff. And so he was obviously like pretty naturally talented to just be able to keep up with the front guys for a while but he certainly wasn't running the times that he's running now so he sort of knuckled down applied himself and um yeah he's running some pretty quick times the last year or two it's funny how that happens bit of consistency mm. he's 35 yeah. got a couple yeah. of kids and he's running pbs that's a bit of hope for us here fellas not with you and i moose the older we get yeah his pb on here is 14 34 so he's absolutely smashed that 8 13 for three Marathon 223 at the Gold Coast, 66.26. Yeah, got some good range. Um, that's all for news. This week's episode is brought to you by Brooks, the running specialty brand founded over 100 years ago. Brooks are preparing to launch the 22nd edition of their best-selling model, the Adrenaline GTS 22. Landing in December, the GTS 22 features Brooks plush DNA loft cushioning, now featured throughout 100% of the midsole, making it their softest edition yet. Their tried and tested guide rail support system is integrated into the shoe to keep your knees and ankles in check, giving you the confidence of wearing a stability shoe while still enjoying a responsive ride. The Adrenaline GTS 22 lands in stores in December, but as reviewed on episode 210 of the Inside Running podcast, 
visit your local running specialty store or www.brooksrunning.com.au to secure your pair. Croaks, listen to question. Got a few uh, there to choose from, mate. Yeah, I might go the I might go the marathon one since I was sort of gearing up to Melbourne. Um, hey lads, hoping you can offer some training advice. I simply cannot get through a marathon without cramping in the hamstrings at some point after 30k. This has happened at multiple marathons now. I've tried increasing my mileage, doing longer long runs, and adding in more workouts, but same result. What would be your advice to an athlete going forward? Um, for your information, I've ruled out it being an electrolyte issue. Thanks, lads. Mm. Oh, that's from Matt Billington. Matt. Yeah, so I think Matt Matt's now. Oh, I got to double check, but I think he's getting coached by Craig Appleby. So Craig will be able to help him out here. Um, but I'll we'll offer some Craig some help with this one, won't we? Mm. Um, so the, like the, the initial thing for me was, are oh, you just not conditioned enough? So you haven't you haven't done the required long runs, uh, and maybe you haven't done the required mileage. He has, but then like Matt addresses that within his question, saying that he has done some longer long runs. Um, I maybe wonder if he's done does enough long runs in his build up without seeing his training because the, the majority of the time, like the reason why people cramp is through in like uh, like training that's not sufficient for the marathon. It's not enough mileage, not enough long runs. Well, it's ext- well, if he's ruled out the electrolyte issue, it's extreme fatigue, isn't it? Like yeah, well, like, yeah, like- but yeah. It could be a biomechanical thing, though, that mm. cr- like that loads his hamstrings more than the rest of his body. So, so I guess my answer is if you've if you're addressing the the more long runs and the more the more uh, mileage, then I would look to get into the gym and do some work on those hamstrings. Yeah, like when I looked at this when I looked at this question and ruled out the electrolyte thing, I was thinking the same thing, Moose, in terms of biomechanics and like. Because I know, like, Michael Roger has the same issue. And, like, you know, I've seen his training and, like, he does do long runs, does do long sessions. But I think Mm. just about every marathon he's done, he has cramping issues with his hamstring. So, like, I'm wondering whether it is, yeah, a biomechanics thing. Um, And, like, I don't know, like, probably not going to change biomechanics too much. So it's either you change your biomechanics to maybe take a little bit less strain off the hamstrings or you strengthen up the hamstrings to a point that they can cope with with the distance and and the pace that you're running at for that long yeah and the other point is that some like this might be a pe- pacing issue so you mentioned fatigue it might just be like you might just be going out too hard the um you might be getting your pacing all wrong you might be overestimating your your ability for, or your your um, yeah. fitness and so that will lead to things like cramping um and and there's a threshold. If you do have some sort of biomechanical or strength um, deficiency, then then the threshold might be two hours of running at a certain pace. Mm. And, and you could you could back that off by three four seconds a k, and all of a sudden that threshold might be two and a half hours or three hours. And so that's when you're like, <laughs> the, it's it's not always about your heart that determines your marathon result. Sometimes it's about your body as well and about the resilience factor within like your muscles and um, tendons and and everything overall your stomach your feet like the thing about the marathon that makes it so good is there's a heap of variables that can can 
um, slow you down. It's not like a 5K where it's normally one or two variables. The marathon, you can get a blister and your day's fucked. Or you can eat something and it doesn't sit properly, your day's fucked. Or you go out and you run 1K that's probably too hard up a hill, then you don't realize, and all of a sudden your, your heart rate spikes and, and you, your day might be fucked just from that 1K. Oh, I love that. I was just waiting for you to list off like 10 things. And oh, there's more. And than then every list. time, just like saying, and your day's fucked. And your day's fucked. I mean, I, I'm, list, I'm listing personal experience things yeah. right now. <laughs> I could keep going. Yeah, it's good to know they've got to have a lot of respect. Marathon doesn't know you anything either. I like thinking about that this, this far out. Uh, thanks for the question, Matt, and your Patreon support over there. Uh, Moose on the Loose, Perch of the Week, Rules for Strava. What do you oh, got? Rules for Strava is good. Caused a bit of a stir last sure. week. People took it a bit personal. Bit of backlash. Um, yeah. Just a bit personal, like think like as if I've singled someone out. And you know, like if you're feeling that way, then maybe you maybe there's a little bit of like guilt attached to that, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> nah. I, it was windy it was windy on the treadmill moose when I put the fan on. I did enjoy yeah, seeing everyone's descriptions yeah. describing the wet the weather. And I had to like I did I did warm up one day, felt it was a bit muggy, so like how are they gonna know if I don't tell them that it was muggy? Like no one's going to know. They're going to think that my one second K, like one second off per K, or, or my heart rate was slightly high for no reason. So I got to let them know. But no, this, the, the rules for Strava this week is nothing should go on Strava if it's not an endurance activity. Like I don't want to. I don't need to see yoga on Strava, and I don't need to see Pilates on Strava. Strava, like this should track. To me, this tracks endurance activity. So if you're on Swift or something, cool, go on Strava. If you do an elliptical workout, I'm actually interested. I want to see what you're doing. But, Six hours of yoga is endurance, Moose. <laughs> all right. If you're doing endurance yoga, chuck it up there. <laughs> but, but putting like core on Strava, like what? what's that about? We don't need that, do we? We what? want to keep Strava still. Like, Otherwise, I'm scrolling through like, for hours trying to get to the shit that I want to see. I um, well, I think it can be. I think, people. I, I think it could be put on there, but maybe private because you got to remember that for for uh, a lot of people, Strava is their training diary now. Like back in the day, ten years ago, I wrote everything in a in a diary, and so I sort of look. So I, I don't do that anymore. But Strava is now my training diary. So if I want to look back to see something what I was doing like three years ago. It's not in a book, it's on Strava. So, you know, I, I don't have an issue with putting Jim on there, but I, I probably wouldn't make it public. Mm. Yeah, I get I'd keep it private for my, own, for my own benefit of looking back of, oh, was I doing Jim when I was running well or wasn't I doing Jim, like, you know, just for those those training trends. Yeah, but that's a good point. Do we have, do we have to see it? Do, I don't think that's the reason people put it up. They want us, they want to let us know that they're, out there actively exercising and putting in the one percenters they need to tell people that that's what i'm reading a bit when i see it hit his email directly guys if you want to complain in a way like you're you're out on the elliptical i don't really care about that maybe maybe the rule should be if there's no gps if there's no map involved if there's no gps map then nah, endurance activity <laughs> this is do whatever specifically you want cultivated around my <laughs> <laughs> don't put yeah. up stuff to yeah to please anyone do whatever you want as an individual i think do whatever you want but if you want to follow the rules then these are the <laughs> rules 
The rules of Moose. The, the guy who doesn't upload anything to Strava, his rules. But you, know, but you know the problem with Moose's rules are that so many times over the last four years, yeah. Moose will have a rule this week and in five so, months' time, he'll break his own rule, but then it's okay. Remember you when he said he did like right? heart rate da- data and then like three weeks later he's like, I've got a heart rate monitor. I'm just doing everything by heart rate data. <laughs> I'm a bad boy. I'm a rule yeah. breaker. You are a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good one. Um, what's coming up? Oh, we've got a singlet update, Moose? Yeah, they're at the printers. We're going to get So them. we're looking like we're going to be good for Melbourne. Vault um, Yellow. Vault Yellow. We've still got some black and white ones left. Jump on board that. Uh, I think someone forgot to pay the website fees. So the website still works. We just can't access it at the behind the scenes at the moment. Um, but we still get your orders come through, so they're going out. Yeah, the, the yellow ones, Vault Yellow, will be ready. When, when we get a pick of them, we'll, we'll chuck it up. And then it will be like first in best dress like every other time. So we'll, we'll make a time and a date and then it will go bang and they will sell out. Yeah, so not this, many is there. There's not many and the colour is an absolute banger. And on that, if you like merch, Surf Coast Track Club has some merch. So jump on there and um, Instagram, check out the new new kit. And then this Sunday, this Sunday is a group run down in Geelong. If you've got no, any this athlete, is not. This is not. I've told you off air, I've got an athlete ready to go. <laughs> um, this is okay. not you plug whatever you want section of the show <laughs> this is i'm telling people of a community group run on sunday okay and hurry up. look it's for everybody i'm just saying bowen river anyone like, is got, it all right it's for anybody we've got table set up landy field started at eight o'clock don't be late and 5k table set up if you want to chuck some stuff out you can it's just a bit of like a it's a bit of a run to prepare people for melbourne marathon um Hosted by Runstrong Online Coaching. Shit, I hope someone steals your table again. Wasn't that where it got stolen <laughs> yeah. last time? No, oh. Ali's table got stolen <laughs> midway through a workout when she came round. Grandpa's still there, round. table's and gone. They're all lying on the ground. Like some some scumbag stolen my camping table. Imagine, is... if that, imagine if that bloke knew now, like he's got the camp he's got the um <laughs> table of an Olympian, he could flog it on eBay for a fair bit of cash. <laughs> They're like twelve dollars from Bunnings. Yeah, but not not yeah, but it's not an Olympian's table which you buy it from Bunnings, is it? Probably needs a signature across the top or something. <laughs> See if you can organise that. Uh, other thing coming up, the uh, Real Insurance Sydney Harbour 10K and 5K, December 5th. So that's going to be the return of road racing in Sydney, flat fast 10K course. Talking to my mate Wayne Lardin today, who's the race director. Happy to give Inside Run on the podcast listeners $5 off their entry if they use the code IRLEGENDS, uh, all capitals, IRLEGENDS. Um, so yeah, five bucks off your entry. So if you're floating around Sydney, thinking you're going to do that, make the most of that discount there. You'll chuck a post up, will you, about that, Brady? Just yeah. So people know. Yeah, we'll probably put it in the show notes as well, and then yep. yeah, we'll put a bit of a post out somewhere about that. Been having on the show twice, Slido is always good for an interview as well. Um, mm. So yeah, good good talker. And then I think we're going to throw to the Luke Matthews interview. He was on Road to Nowhere last week. I've just got to tick a couple of uh, boxes with those guys before we uh, put that up there. So if you hear that, it's been approved. If well, you not, need their permission. Well, because they were recording it, I thought it was, yeah, nice to ask if we could use it because, Mate. well, they're recording it for a different audience. So I'm like, well, can we now put this to a different audience? Are you guys okay with that? You know what I mean? You can't just, pub- a, you can't just publish respect. stuff without asking them. And I think, okay. I think okay. they want one thing removed that you might know. 
from the start. Oh, of the yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember. So I like, know yeah, exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I listened to it. I'm like, ooh, you guys uh, probably don't want this to go out to our Actually, audience. that's a good point. Yeah, so that's what I also want to clarify them with that as well. So uh, you'll hear that, hopefully. Um, what's coming up, Croaks? Um, not sure. Might might do uh, might go to the track tomorrow. Uh, I'll see how the leg pulls up tomorrow morning. Uh, heading Hang to the on, coast. Wouldn't you, actually, just, wouldn't you maybe just start with some jogs, not like a track workout, uh, straight off? I'll, yeah, like if it once it once it's fine, okay. like it's yeah, it's it's a yeah, like I know once it's good to go. Um, once I once it's no crepitus there anymore and the tendon's not sore to touch, then it's it's fine. Um, but yeah, I'll see how I go. Uh, I might I might just jog tomorrow if if I'm not 100 percent confident in it. Uh, but then yeah, heading to the coast actually uh, on Friday to go and see mum and dad. So I actually haven't been to oh, I haven't stayed in Mollymook for a couple of years, I reckon. So, um, yeah, I'll be down there. Could Should you be... run to this one? How many k's is it? Sunday long run there? <laughs> Two hundred k. Oh, mostly highway. How far too. is it from the um, top of the mountain? You know, when you go over. Uh, well, it's going to be be probably eight. Probably eight. Uh, it'd be a hundred k still. Uh, you should run down that. You should run over that mountain. The Clyde, just... Clyde Mountain. That's a big hill. It is a big hill. Yeah. That would be so, it'd be a good segment up there. <laughs> so yeah, two hundred is probably a bit far um, yeah. to run there. Yeah, yeah, maybe a few extra guys. Uh, Moose, you've kind of given us a rundown. What you're doing? Anything else that you haven't mentioned? Back to work again. You know, tomorrow go up to work. Got a workout tomorrow. Just getting back into it. That's getting good. fit. Getting fit. String those weeks together. All right, yep. up. long episode, but we are done. Talk to you guys again next week. Have a good All week. Right. Bye, Thank you fellas. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Brooks. You can feel confident wearing Brooks knowing they're running specialists with over 100 years experience in the footwear game. They test running insights and biomechanics with runners of every size, strength and experience to develop premium running products so you can run further, faster and happier. Anyway, it is uh, now the time for me to introduce our ringer friend. We put the uh, poll out for the questions today. Um, yeah, Luke Matthews, one of the one of the big names in Australian running, um, mainly I think from his athletic ability and his 
really good looks. Certainly can't be for his personality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Luke, how you going, mate? Uh, yeah, good, thanks. Uh, big name, former big name, I think that's called. You're not done yet. But yes, also big name. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know what, I'll take it. I'll, I'll maybe former, <laughs> but maybe soon to be big name again. I don't know. Well, that's, yeah. what, we're all, that's what we're all sort of hoping, uh, Luke. We did, I got a, I actually forgot who who asked, but um, sorry, sorry for not, na- not naming you, but I got a message uh, from a listener saying you should have Luke. Matthew's on. I'd really be interested in in uh, knowing what he's he's about. And then actually, yeah, I remembered your name when he said it because I sort of forgot you existed there. But um... <laughs> <laughs> no, Luke. Yeah, and that's, I that's actually it. funny because um, my uh, my dad actually said that the other day too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Luke, tell us what are you do? The you know the listeners want to know what uh, what are you actually. When was the last time you raced? Uh, last time I raced was um, national championship semi final. Got absolutely knocked out, bundled out in the semi final. So <laughs> national <laughs> was go, was going for my fifth national title in a row, defending Olympic trials champion. Bang, knocked out the semis. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was my last race. Um, so yeah, I did. Uh, well, if I kind of go back almost two years, my from World Champs 2019, um, I race, I've raced five times. So um, three in the domestic seasons, one of those a big fat DNF, and then two at the <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then two at the national championships. So yeah, how'd you go at that? Like, how'd you go at that World Champs, Luke? Just, just remind uh, us. Well, well, look, I don't want to, I don't want to big note myself too much, but I came top 40th. <laughs> so yes, yeah, 39th <laughs> of the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> 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 Oh, and then, uh, yeah, nah, was it wasn't was my day. Um, I think it was, it was, um, yeah, it was. I think I got you coming off an injury there. <laughs> nah, well? you, you, wait, you're so joking, affected by the heat. It was air conditioning uh. for 22 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I always still claim that it was hot in Doha, Luke. Just pretend. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was hot, but not in the track. It was, it was literally hot everywhere but the track. <laughs> Yeah, it's you're like, like I got 20 hit. degrees um, in the stadium. <laughs> sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just for, Maybe, just for heat too. You've been acclimatised to the heat. Suddenly it's too cold yeah. in there. Maybe I went the way. I was heat ready. Not, not perfect temperature ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, what are you, since, since your last race, what's happened? Tell us. Um, yeah, so, yeah, last race was um, national championships and then, I went. Uh, I went straight. I went. I, I planned on going on just like a, a couple of day holiday with my girlfriend to uh, Port Douglas. Um, and when I was there, I was I was pretty flat after um, the Olympic trials, and as I was, and it was kind of one of those points where I said, "Well, do I want to? Do I really want to get up this Olympic thing, or um, do I want to get my body properly right um, and call it a season and kind of get ready for next year?" and Made the decision to uh, stay at home, get my body right with the plan to, yeah, get my body 100% healthy, um, kind of do the tail end of the cross-country season, then kind of hit, um, you know, kind of the tail end of 2021 and the start of 2022, like hit the ground running. Um, 
and yeah, I uh, still haven't got my body right, and I'm still haven't quite hit the ground running. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Luke. <laughs> so what? What's uh, your injury? Like injuries, I'm guessing is what's happened, or? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, I'm not not sure if so. T- tail end of 2019 and start of 2020, I tore my planner, um, and I'm not quite sure if it's connected, but. From on the same foot, uh, tail end of 2020, I just started getting a bit of Achilles pain, um, doing doing K's of the tan. So that's a, that's another hint. Avoid K's of the tan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just John, telling us how much he loves K's at the tan. Yeah. I was trying to say well, avoid K's at Waverley by all means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just avoid K's. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe just avoid training. <laughs> or, yeah, or, 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 yeah, or, or bloody do them not off 60 seconds. What, what, listen to them off 90. <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, that's true. Um, yeah, so, and then I felt a little bit of Achilles pain. This would have been October uh, 2020. Uh, ended up being a bit of bursitis and tendinopathy. Uh, so I got, a, I got a cortisone in it. Yeah, it would have been November, December. And then the plan was to kind of hit January run or January one Falls Creek 2021, um, just go as hard as I could, knowing that I had until April 20th or whatever it is. And then pretty much from then onwards, my bursitis went down um, and then the, the tendinopathy, tendinopathy kind of stayed around. And it's kind of one of those things where I'd go in and out. I was doing bloody, I was probably doing isometrics twice a day, calf strengthening, everything I could. Um Carried that up until nationals, and then yeah, it was kind of one of those situations, like I said, afterwards where it was like, do I get my body right or whatever it is. So I took um, pretty much from nationals onwards, probably for the next month, six weeks. I kind of just jogged around, helped Morgan Mitchell out, paced her, and I, I felt like my Achilles got to a point where it was really good. Um, and then I started to to load up again. I I hit I actually hit 100 k's, and on that Sunday run, I pretty much finished the Sunday run limping, oh. and and then yeah, I haven't done it. I haven't done anything since. So pretty much since then, I got another scan on it. Oh, it would have been around um, would have been around July. Uh, it had a just. I mean, not that it's uncommon for distance runners. I had a, a little bit of a a little bit of a like a delamination kind of micro a few micro tears in there, which I think if anyone got there. Achilles scanned right now. They might have that, but yeah, just had um, just had really bad uh, tendinopathy, and um, not long after that, I actually got a I got a PRP, uh, and where I am now, I'm probably oh, I don't know, maybe ten or so weeks post PRP. Um, with Play the rich part. plasma for the listeners. Is that right, Ellie? Yes. Thanks, thanks, Joel. Yeah. Yeah. So PRP. Yeah. So they essentially like draw the blood out of you. They spin it they get the the plasma out of it and then they kind of re-inject you to kind of um promote growth and uh like to rehab it um, the jury's out on that sort of stuff isn't it i've had a few yeah. and i remember someone saying to me oh that's complete bullshit uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like everyone that i spoke to they pretty much said like yeah someone said there's no actual written evidence to prove that it does anything it's more yeah. like theory based and it's yeah. like yeah well, it, it worked um I, I did know, that, kind of a... Luke. I did that to, for a, as part of my hair transplant, trying to get my hair to grow back. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work. <laughs> well, the fucking jury is out. <laughs> did you actually, Nick? Yeah, they did it as part of the hair transplant. Oh, that is oh. funny. I know. So I thought he was taking the piss. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I thought he was taking. 
I thought he was taking a piss too. Like, nah, uh, they they did the whole thing, did, and I was like, yeah, a load of rubbish. Even with those things, at that point though, when you've had so long off, were you like, I'm willing to try anything? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's what it was. So, yeah, when I when I got that scan, actually, sorry. So, if I go back, when I got that scan in July, when I kind of was limping around, realized I hadn't done, I hadn't had it imaged in a while. Um, after that, I actually, it was probably I took eight to ten weeks off. Um, and just thinking, I'll stay off it, cross train. I mean, loosely cross train. I was wasn't wasn't very good at it, and I was in the middle of a lockdown. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then kind of after ten weeks, I went and saw the doc, and he just poked around at my Achilles and kind of in the area, and he pretty much said like, yeah, like without without imaging it, it hasn't really got any better. Um, and he said you've kind of got. He goes, I wouldn't have suggested this straight after you. Um, image but now we're 10 meters 10 weeks removed from it um let's get a prp um and then now i'm yeah probably you know around 10 weeks to three months post prp um still haven't done much running um and yeah the the plan is to hopefully build up in the next somewhere between two to four weeks but i don't know i, I assume if i'm running in four weeks time it'll be like minute on minute off so yeah been a been a been a rough uh been a rough 24 months or so but i mean I don't know. Well, I like that's right. Probably... Know... To have to have a shit year like that any year, though, this has been a good time. Yeah. Ha- yeah. I know that that's probably not, like, helpful at all, but there, there's been so many less races than normal. Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I mean, if, if you were to kind of look back, say, in 10 years' time and say that you didn't – you only got five races in through 2020 and 2021 where there was COVID, you know, an Olympics with no no crowd or whatever it is – you know, it might look good, but but uh, but missing the Olympics and missing essentially missing two seasons haven't been great. But um, haven't thrown in the towel yet, so I'm hoping. Don't I'm, throw in I'm the towel, you it... dickhead. <laughs> yeah, not throwing in the towel. You're but too yeah, talented to throw in the towel. You're the only one on this show with a Com Games medal, that's for sure. And the last, yeah. and, we've all, and we've all spoken about the last Olympics were fake Olympics anyway, right, Ellie? <laughs> the last Olympics were shit, Luke. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> it was a fun run, wasn't it, Ellie? Just a fun run. Um, Pretty much. Is your, is your fire in the belly still there, Luke? You driven? Uh, oh, it depends if you ask me. If you ask me this morning, yes. Right now, no. Knowing that I, uh, you know, tomorrow morning when I wake up, knowing that I've got to do you know, 90 minutes on the watt bike for a strong no, but, oh. uh, but yeah, no, well, nah, look, to, to be honest, I mean, like, I, I bloody hate cross training. So it's, it's, and you know, all you guys have cross trained. It's hard. You know, it's career. so hard. I hate it. Yeah. It's tough. yeah. 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 Um, Once you so, get back running, like if you just get yeah. progressing, you're building each week and you've got a race in sight and you go to the track, you fucking towel everyone up. You'll just get the drive yeah. straight back. You know, that, yeah. that fire will be, you know, as strong as ever. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's like I said, it's I've I've had I've had yeah, let's say you know two years of kind of back to back stuff. Um, I've hardly strung together more than a few months of training at a time. Um, even with it, when I have strung together training, it's been cross training, and then as well as that, all my cross training and kind of building back up to strength has been through lockdowns, trying to manage like, you know, will this gym let me in? Will this gym let me in? I can only see my physio at this time or whatever. So. Um, yeah, it's hard. So, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, like, yeah, it's, uh, I think the good thing is where I'm at now. Like, I'm, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. We're slowly getting out of lockdown. Um, 
but yeah, I'd say like, look, I, I, I'd love, I, I really do want to get back to, you know, making teams and, you know, um, winning races and all that stuff again. So yeah, like there's, there's, there is that part of me, but it's, it's just at the same time, it's hard to see that now because I haven't ran in so long. And yeah. like I said, I've, I've, I'm going to, I'm going to have to do 90 minutes on the, on the what bike tomorrow and then a gym session afterwards. So it's, uh, yeah, but like I said, but who knows? Come December, maybe I'm jogging, maybe I'll get my K's up. I'll, I'll probably be completely different. And like I said, yeah, I might, I might get off the, I might get off the, um, I might get off the this phone call and watch, watch the 2018 Com Games trial 800. <laughs> 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 I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's get back to that. Yeah, the fire back. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, Luke, you've got a massive advantage over people like me. You've got a lot of talent. So like you know you can get there, whereas me I'm like oh I try I work my ass off and I might be able to go sub thirty for ten k that kind of thing, whereas you're a bloody Commonwealth Games medalist that's got to be oh that's got to be bloody satisfying. Yeah I, yeah I mean it definitely is it's it's incredibly satisfying but yeah it's 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 one of those things it's like I, I know that I know that I've got a lot of talent um but I've got to look at this in two ways it's like one you know I've kind of had two years of no training so it's going to be a long way back and then it's also at the same time it's like do I need to actually know and kind of look at myself and, and ask myself do I have that fire back so it's yeah. kind of um I kind of got to balance both of those things but um but yeah like I said hopefully back running in about a month's time and you know I might have a completely different answer do you usually get fit pretty quickly um, I'd, it's tough because I feel like the thing that usually holds me If he stays away is, from Mac as he does. Honestly, that's pretty much what I was about to say. Like, the thing that holds me back from getting fit is usually my weight. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, what usually happens is I'll probably get back to training in, like, September, October or whatever it is. And um, I'll have my off-season. I'll usually put on, you know, anywhere between five to 10 kegs and then pretty much that tail end of the year like i am effing useless like every time i finish the season i'm like yeah every time i finish the season i'm like yeah let's do bernie 10 let's do zatapec 1500 let's do all these races i get to like october and be like yeah i'm yeah. i'll see you in march <laughs> i'm off to weight watchers what, um, what, what kind of weight what kind of weight are we talking give us some numbers lou so I'd say I, I'd say when I'm when I'm at my fittest and like peaking, I'm I'm anywhere between uh, probably anywhere between sixty nine to seventy, maybe maybe seventy one or seventy two for some of those early races. Uh, but you, yeah, but I mean, like, there's been a couple off seasons where I've been been close to that eighty kegs, and uh, <laughs> and like I said, I'm pretty useless. But then usually when I do those two Falls Creek trips, I come back, I get a race into me. And then when I start doing like that hard lactic work, you know, kind of February, March, that's when I start, that's when I start kind of leaning down. And, um, but yeah, honestly, like Joel hit the nail on the head. Like, I think I actually, could, if I kept my weight under control, I reckon I could get back really quickly. Um, but yeah, I, I fucking, I love you eating food. Need to, you, <laughs> you also don't need to. <laughs> Resistance trading. You don't Carry need to get back. Belly. Yeah. You don't I, need, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I will, you know, I, I suppose it's probably two things. It's like, I, I think, like, I would like to be fit pre-Christmas just to be open-minded to, like, maybe going indoors or, you know, like, maybe 
maybe doing like a maybe even just doing a yeah like a world indoors or going overseas or, or whatever it might be um or even just do, or even just getting in a, a late late year road race like I, i'd love to be able to do not not saying that i'd you know go out and run well not not saying that i'd go out and run like 28 minutes for 10k but just go out and actually just test myself um but yeah i just i just i don't know i've, never, I've always put myself on the back foot but um have you done a yeah, 10k before Nah, never, ne- never, never done a ten k. I think only thing, only, yeah. only, th- only thing I've really done is I've done. I think the longest I've done is like five k. I've actually, done, actually, that was right. I did a Christmas Day park run and I destroyed you, Nick. I remember that. Yeah, I was gonna ask. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, you better not bloody show up because I'll be at Albert Park this Christmas Day for park run. So uh, right. I see I, you there. What did you run be, for five k? I ran. Uh, I think it was fourteen thirty eight. Yeah, you and you and Charlotte's partner was there, wasn't he? What's his name? Yeah, Adam Clark. He went out and ran. He ran out and ran fourteen twenty-five. So yeah, that was yeah. twenty eighteen Christmas Day. Um, perfect conditions downhill the whole way though. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I was, well, I I went off with you boys wearing a Christmas hat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got absolutely dropped. Yeah, what a loser. Yeah. Um, Were you thinking yeah. like I'm gonna rock up and win in a Christmas? Outing? I thought like I'll rock up and I'll win easily. But the year before, I think Luke was there with Smack. Was that right? Were you there the year before as well? Uh, so, no. So the year after, I went with Smack, and then yeah, a year later, uh, I think Smack, I think Smack ran 14:40, and I was about 14, 14:50 or 49 or something like yeah, that. Smoked yeah, smoked me again. Bloody hell, yeah. ruining my Christmas. You both Bloody both probably coming off two hours sleep, no doubt. Nick's had fourteen hours in the sack. <laughs> I've been tapering for this this race yeah. for, for months. <laughs> it's been the uh, goal yeah, with Christmas Day. I part. think um, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that if I can I can get myself if I get my body um, to a good good level of good weight, um, good level of loading. Um, I feel like. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to rule out anything for for next year, but I still think next year will be tough. But I don't want to rule it out because I don't know. Like I, I know that I can out. get fit. I know that I, I like. I said I, do, I think I do have a little bit of talent on my side, and um, I can get fit pretty quick once I get my shit together. So start doing yeah, some ten k's. You'll you'll drop the pounds pretty damn quick, I reckon. Get a mileage up. Thing, right? This is the thing. There was periods of time where I was running like I average like. I did March Falls Creek with uh with Joel uh in 2017 and for the four weeks I was there I averaged like 155 k's for the four weeks. I think I put on weight. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you end up eating you end up eating so much to try and get the to recover. Yeah. There's That's not even true. macas or anything up there though. Nah, but there is, a, there is a ve- there is a very nice vending machine which Joel and I. Was <laughs> <laughs> okay. We can, was Joel uh, getting his hand in there and getting it for free? Was that what it was? No, I'm not no, a tight ass like you. We didn't have any cash, so we had to borrow 20 bucks from Brian Gregson. <laughs> <laughs> we did, and we went, we went down. We got, uh, I remember, I don't know what you got, Luke, but I got a whole bag of caramello koalas. Yeah. And we went, and I, I think Luke got, Luke got another whole bag of, and I went and I unwrapped each of the 15 caramello koalas in that bag and ate 15 while playing Call of Duty until about 1 a.m. Yeah. with Luke. Yeah, it was And then we'd go and towel well. up the long run. And then you yeah. wonder why you put on weight at Falls Creek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fair enough, yeah. No, but no, yeah. Honestly, I, I think that the biggest, like the thing that cuts the weight most for me is um, is like hard lactic track work. Like 
you know, three to four K worth of like reps, like no more than 800 meters. If I do like kind of three or four weeks of that, um, I usually slim down pretty quickly and then just racing because racing is, you know, it's kind of a, a pretty big stress on your body and that, and that's what it does. But, but yeah, I think also um, before you racing, you're really sensible on what you're eating as well. So I think the more oh, you man, race, I mean, the more you get happy. <laughs> Don't put me in that box, but yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. That's, that's, actually, that's actually pretty true. Like, I, I feel like the days leading up, I am pretty good. Um, and actually, and usually through through the season, I'm pretty good. But yeah, just 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 through the off-season, I probably just enjoy myself a little bit too much, which I thought might have grown out of me as I matured, but um, oh. you clearly haven't matured yet. <laughs> how, how old are you, Luke? Um, oh, uh, 26. Oh, yeah. I'm getting old. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, younger than me. He's... Sorry, me yeah. and Nick Luke, Luke, you're young next to these two prehistoric <laughs> rallies. <laughs> <laughs> They're 50 uh, apiece. <laughs> Luke, Luke, just one more sensible question before we do some stupid ones. Um, what were your first oh, thoughts wait, no, when you first wait, met this, Joel Tobin Why? Wait, these have all been sensible so far. Far out, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, what were your first um, thoughts when you first met Joel? Like, when was it? We've known each other since we were kids. That's really hard. Yeah, I reckon the first time I ever met Joel was I met him at, I'm going to say it was 2006 or 2007, Yarra Bend Park Cross Country AV, like, uh, AV race. Oh, wow. just when he kissed his dad on the lips. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, but what I do remember was. Here we um, go. It was it was Joel's former coach. Um, he said to because I was training with Gregor at the time. He said to Gregor, "Oh yeah, I've got this kid called Joel Tobin White. He's going to go out and win this race." And he <laughs> said, and I was and at the time I was training training with Keaton Mickelbar. Do you remember him, Joel? Yeah, I remember yeah. too. And and uh, I remember me and Keaton came first and second, and Joel came third. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. Never live up to the hype. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, honestly, like if if you kind of know Joel from the outset, you you, you probably get the wrong impression about him. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> me, me and me and Joel have always uh, been drawn to each other, probably because we're both absolute wankers. <laughs> <laughs> well, how old were you then? Like twelve or something? Yeah, we've known each other since we were kids. Yeah, I reckon. I've definitely. Yeah, I've yeah, I've told this story before, but Luke was how I. If if Luke didn't exist, I don't think I would be in the position I'm in now. Because I asked <laughs> Luke was when I was in VIS with triathlon, I would see Luke in running, and I'd see Luke, you know, in there fucking pick up a dumbbell, walk around, talk a bit. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna go out for a 15 minute jog. Oh yeah, sick. And I'm like in the swimming pool for four hours, on the bike for six hours, running, <laughs> doing harder running sessions than he was. And I just looked at him one day. I went up to him. I go, Luke. Help me out of this sport, mate. I'm fucking <laughs> done you, with triathlon. You, yeah, you must have you must have looked at me and just go, mate. I'm so jealous of your 46 at the Olympics. How do I do it? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> get me, get me in there. And uh, so yeah, Luke put me in touch with Nick, and and then yeah, the rest is history. So yeah. Um, but now first impressions, it was I don't know. It was I've. It was like any of them. Like I've I've run against Joel, you know, Stewie, um, Morgan McDonald's so young. You kind of meet them all when they're when they're young kids. So um, it's hard to. I just, that was the first time I ever remember like knowing who he was. But from there, we probably made cross country teams. Not long. We had after a lot that. of a lot of fun times on those 
Yeah, a lot, of, lot of fun times on the cross-country teams. Um, it's funny, though, Luke, yeah. coming, like, into running now myself, like, at a, at, you know, an older age, you know, a few years ago, people, because I went to triathlon for, like, five, six years, people forgot that I knew all you guys when we were kids, you know? Yeah. Like, when we were kids, we ran together the whole time. So we sort of, like, it was, yeah. Even though I, I'm, yeah. like, new to running, it's, like, it's what we did when we were fucking young, so... Yeah, and, I, and and like and growing up as well, you your age group was notoriously kind of the best coming through, and you you were kind of at cross country were always like you, you I think you won a medal a couple of times and you top fives and top tens, so you were always um, hop off it, mate. In, oh, yeah, well, like John, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I paid. Look, you guys don't know Luke's getting a bottle of wine if he talks about these. <laughs> yeah, now first impression is always pretty good, um, but yeah, as you can probably tell. Um, it was always a competition for the um, spotlight, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no definitely. Doubt. Two attention yeah. seekers. John <laughs> was definitely first to grab the mic and not let go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a question from one of my mates, actually. He said, what's the nerdiest thing, like running related thing you do that's kind of embarrassing? Um, that's a good one. Well, I think it's, that's, it's pretty open-ended because I just think I'm genuinely a, a running nerd. Like I... <laughs> Well, we all are, I, yeah. I honestly, yeah. Nah, but you like, don't expect it from I, Luke. Exactly, Luke sort of yeah. plays the cool card and he's like, yeah, no, I'm really cool. Because I, I was either. saying about, I've got a spreadsheet with my, my highest ranked runs. Oh, that's like, so ever. fucked up. Like, and then I've, I've categorised them in years and worked out which one, <laughs> which year's been my best. You know, that's full on the nerdy so... thing I do. Stop talking, Nick. Luke's gonna leave the call. You know, yeah, you, you know that you know this podcast has gone public, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only to about six um, people, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, I think uh, nerdy. Well, yeah, I think genuinely, I am just a runner. Though. Like I, I, I don't miss a race, and if I don't wake up for it, I watch every replay the next day. Um, I think that like, and yeah, times I can I can name anyone's PBs and and whatever it is. Yeah, you're really biggest, good with that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing which I've What's got, Joel's three K PB? Uh, I think it's I, I'm I, I'm pretty sure it's actually when he had that um wild blow up at Box Hill. It was like oh, how the fuck do you know that? It wasn't seven fifty. It was it was eight. Luke. He wishes it was shut seven. Up. Eight 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 shut eight. up, Luke. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> was that, uh, that, that is your PB? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it is. No, I know so. It is. Yeah. What's um, Nick L's nah. marathon PB? Uh, is it 214? Yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well done. Um, What's Ellie's yeah. 10K PB, Luke? Uh, it was what you ran at Doha. Um, 30. Oh, fuck, I don't know. 31.10, maybe? Oh, nah. 31.18. Close. Oh, that is close, though. Good that's effort. That's impressive. Yeah. Luke, that, you've um, just told us your nerdiest thing, I think. No, no I've, got, I've, I've, I've got something nerdier. I've got something nerdier, which I'm, I'm proud of, but also people think it's weird. Um, I, I'd say it's probably dropped off a little bit in the, in the like, super spike era, um, and specifically with marathons, because there's so many different marathon shoes going around at the moment. But I'm really good at naming um, what people wore in, like, specific races. Um, <laughs> really? Like, yeah, like I, I'd, nerd. I'd say, yeah, I'd, say my, I'd say my strength was probably up until maybe like eighteen or nineteen, uh, like twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Um, but yeah, just like I could, like I could, I could, I could, if someone like named a race, I could almost like say someone in it with their spike, the color, and you know, like 
what what brand like uh what what make of that brand or whatever it is yeah so what I don't was know. joel wearing for his 802 julian would love that <laughs> yeah it sounds like you and julian get along well um yeah you're wearing uh the dragonflies yeah that's it's kind of a bit boring now isn't it yeah that's a bit easier, wearing dragonflies. No, but, see, like, but see like back in the day yeah i mean like yeah it's just like yeah, dragonflies. but back in the day like say when there was like the victory twos versus the victory elites oh, the victory I, ogs I could, I could do like Color, you know, what color fly wire, all that shit. Whereas now, what it's kit like, was yeah, I wearing at Maragami when I ran the halftime? Um, oh no, I got that one. That was uh, that was Brooks Beast with uh, the Nike four percent originals. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's pretty good. He's, he's, he's so good. That's really good, Luke. Yeah, I, it's, I was actually having this conversation with uh, Sean Whip a little while ago, and he's like, he's like, someone. He's like, yeah, he's like, you wouldn't think of it. Luke's a fucking little running nerd. <laughs> and, that's, and that's coming I'm from surprised. one of them. And that's probably coming yeah, from the biggest yeah. running nerd in the Southern Hemisphere, Sean Witt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, pretty good with my spikes. So that's probably, yeah, spikes is probably my nerdiest thing. But yeah, in the Super Shoe era, it's it's, it's um, kind of lost all creativity because like, ever, like literally everyone's wearing the same thing now. Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, marathon shoes are now varied, but yeah, the dragonflies dominate any track race of like yeah. above yeah. like, you know, 3K or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's a good, that's interesting. That's really good, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, who's I your I coach now? Yeah, so I, um, I, I changed over in June to uh, Ronaldo. Ronald McDonald. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was being you. Sorry, that was, Sorry, that was Ronaldo. If anyone missed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it was it was one of those things because it was it was it just got to the point where um, Mum and I kind of sat down and um, I, I like I honestly think that. Like mum is just, she's a great coach. She's, she was honestly probably like the, in terms of like programming, like probably the perfect person for me. Um, and in that being said, we didn't get everything perfect, but, uh, but yeah, we just kind of sat down and we just realised that it was probably having an effect on our, on our mother-son relationship. And she kind of said to me like, oh, you know, I think you should maybe have a look at, at, um, at other coaches. And I, I can't, I was kind of hesitant to start. I was like, no, nah, no way. Like. I've still got stones like left up, like stones unturned, and like with you, like um, I still still want to achieve things. And then I kind of sat on it for a few days, and I just thought, yeah, like honestly, it, it probably makes sense. And I, it was kind of one of those situations as well where um, I probably needed to, yeah, get it because I because I was dealing with injuries and I was dealing with a bit of lack of motivation. I probably had to. Um, the biggest thing was 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 finding a coach that that I trusted, and then at the same time. Um, having a group around me and yeah. and yeah I mean besides besides um besides MTC Justin's was Justin was kind of the only one uh, well, I, I mean there was I could have maybe gone to maybe to ACT but obviously didn't want to move out of Melbourne so the only thing that the only one that made sense was um, Ronaldi's but at the same time he was probably one of the you know the, the the coaches that I respect the most in Australia so it just it made the most sense but um but yeah when it when it happened I was yeah I was doing like 50 k's a week i was it happened like just before the olympics and like i don't know i think so i think mum was like you know you should do an instagram post and i was like realistically i'm 
but my season's best is 148. Like, people are like, Stewie, like, I just ran 329. Like, it's just drawing attention to me for all the wrong reasons, which is yeah. actually very mature for me to say because I always like the attention on me. Yeah, I would have thought <laughs> you. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't do a little picture like when Peter Bowl finished, you know, in the final. You just do a little screenshot in the corner of him and go, and I'm joining the group. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, oh, congrats on my new training partner. Also, I joined a new group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, honestly, that was that was that was the reason. Um, I hadn't like I hadn't. Um, I just felt like I had no runs on the board, and I felt like I would have just drawn attention to the drawn attention away from the people that are actually doing things in the sport. So, so yeah, it was pretty discreet. But then I think I think I mentioned on um, uh, inside running, and and then yeah, everyone kind of knew about it. But yeah, now it's just a thing. But since since I uh, since I've been with uh, Justin, um, I probably only got about probably only got about four weeks of actual running in, um, and since then he's been my what bike coach and elliptical uh-huh. coach. So so yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting fit and. Um, Jeez, it'll be yeah. exciting when if when you and Peter like full fitness. I reckon there's something yeah. really cool to be said about like two of yeah. the best guys in your sport in the country running under the same coach. And it's like, yeah, I would love some good to see battles a couple of years ago as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we've had it. We've had it. Um, we've had some good battles. And actually, to, to Is be Joe fair. Is Joe Dang still in the group? Uh, yeah, he's, he's still in the group. It's I just think he's kind of, he's, um, I think he's just kind of working out where he is at the moment, like whether he's uh, yeah. in the sport. No, I don't, I, this is kind of just from what I've heard. Um, but yeah, with that, with that Peter Bowl uh, thing, I, I was actually gutted because he, uh, Deng or Bol, well, technically Deng hasn't yet, but Bol hadn't beaten me ever until this year. So he bloody got me in my week here. So I like, <laughs> I like, I like He's had quite a year to be You fair. should have added that to your post. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's only beat me once. It's not yeah, about me, way. but <laughs> just yeah. saying. Yeah, but, but actually going back to that, uh, going back to that, um, going back to what Joel said before, like, the saying is uh, like impressive, incredible, even like a good story about like, you know, training with the best people. Like I, I remember when I was, when I was a part of Nick, like I was, you know, I was training with Ryan. We were like literally like killing each other in training, like slogging, like doing thresholds, hard sessions, hills, whatever it was. And then we were doing it for each other's benefit. And then yeah. we, you know, we'd, we'd get, and yeah. And then we'd literally go to the race together and be like, all right, if you, I'm going to F and beat you now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and, and you look at the groups around the world, like realistically in a lot of, a lot of situations, um, the best athletes train together. So, but yeah, like, I, I don't know, like it's hard to, it's hard to think that, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so far off it right now. I've got a long way to go until I'm, I'm back to there, but hopefully once I'm back. And will this point, be, be kind of, oh, sorry. No, no, I was, just I, gonna... yeah, I was pretty much there. Yeah. I was going to say, will this be kind of different to like, obviously with MTC, you do quite high volume sort of training probably for an 800 meter runner. And then Rinaldi's lots of speed work, kind of lower mileage, isn't it? Um, and then yeah, was your mum like somewhere in the middle or? Uh, yeah, well, I think, I think like, you know, I can't, I can't disregard the fact that when I was with Nick, like the thing that made me kind of, you know, get better in leaps and bounds and make an Olympics, you know, you know, qualify like 12 months after I joined Nick was that high, high volume and a lot of, a lot of aerobic work. So uh, yeah, with mum, I'd say, I'd say probably with mum, we, we probably just made our Saturdays more speed specific um, and then kind of Tuesdays, 
you know, Tuesdays I was kind of like on the back of like Robbo and, and Collis and stuff like that. So we probably weren't, Tuesdays was still kind of that like eight, like seven to eight K worth of aerobic work, but maybe not as quick and not as intense and maybe more recovery. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, it, it's going to be hard to, I can't really specifically say what, what, what will happen with Justin. Cause I think just like Justin's known me since I was a young kid. Like I think he knows what makes me tick. Um, He's seen all the sessions that I've done with Nick, with Mum, and what's what's made made me work. Um, but I also have to also yeah. have to accept the fact that uh, you know I'm kind of a you know in my in my peak I'm running 140k's, three sessions in a long run. Realistically, um, with this you know with Achilles and kind of ongoing injuries, you know maybe I might not be able to even crack 100, and I'll have to do you know less volume, more cross training. Um, maybe I have to do more speed work because my body won't be able to handle it. So. It's going to be a bit of uh, some moving pieces going forward, but um, yeah, I've, I've got full confidence that um, Justin will be able to work it out for me. Yeah, mm, awesome, Luke. It's exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. exciting. We'll be watching with uh, yeah, yeah, definitely in a lot of interest. Um, I'll, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be honest. I'll, I had zero interest in you before you came on, Luke, and now I'm bloody right behind That's, you. Well, I'm, I was just I'm like the dickhead that beats me on Christmas Day. Now I'm kind of on your now side. All, You've yeah. done well. I think, I think that, <laughs> without pumping pumping uh, your tyres up too much, I reckon that's one of the best interviews we've had. So thank you very yeah, and, much and fuck off. And, and, to be honest, and to be honest, Joel, pre and post interview, I actually still don't care much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Get him off. Get him off. Oh, fucking hell. Thank Cheers, you, Luke. Luke. Well, thank uh, you, Luke. Guys, Good luck. Good luck. See you later. Yeah.